Acast empfiehlt. Podcasts, die wir lieben. Welche Sorte Chips ist die beste? Und wieso machen Chips eigentlich so süchtig? Welche Döner-Soßen-Kombo ist die richtige? Oder gehört Soße überhaupt auf den Döner? Alles Fragen, die die Foodie-Welt bewegen und ein kleiner Vorgeschmack auf unseren neuen Podcast Imbiss 3000. Wir sind Per Mörling von Berlin Food Stories und Asini Kneifel aka Andong von My Name is Andong. Bei Imbiss 3000 geht es um die Ess- und Snackkultur, die Deutschland wirklich bewegt. Es wird deftig und süß, es wird fettig und salzig, aber ganz sicher immer ein akustischer Gaumenschmaus. Dein Weg ins Schlemmerparadies. Willkommen im Imbiss 3000. Bei Acast finden die besten Podcasts aus aller Welt ein Zuhause. Abonniere diese Show oder finde weitere spannende Podcasts bei Acast oder wo immer du Podcasts hörst. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that loves doing a Q&A show with its Patreons. We do indeed. Now, uh, it's always lovely to catch up with some of our listeners and invite them onto a show once in a while. Uh, and it's a great opportunity for them to ask us questions on, well, uh, absolutely anything really, Chelsea related or anything else. Now, joining me as ever is the Right Honourable Sir Hubert Jonathan Kidd. You promoted me. I'm now I've been knighted, have I now? You have. You're benighted. <laughs> Blighted benighted. and benighted. Blighted and benighted. But I thought I was Lord at one stage. Have yep. I gone back? Well, okay. I had, my peerage has been rescinded, isn't it? So which way would it be? Would it be uh, Lord Sir John, Lord Sir Jonathan Kidd or Sir Lord John? I don't know. All of them, please. Yeah, thank I, you very I, much. I, I, but anyway, I'm... thank you. Lovely to be on the show. Lovely to be on. Thank you, Chief. Thank, you... Thanks, guys. Lovely to see you all. Are you well? Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I've been, been, uh, I had a mid booster jab during the week because I'm very old and um, uh, I'm feeling slightly aglow, slightly uh, peculiar. But you know, it could be something else. It could be a, a bad sausage or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I had my flu jab yesterday and I felt a bit weird right. all day. And uh, yeah. I think I might have, I think I might have made a screw up here, right? Because the only time I can get, I mean, you can't get a booster jab down here for love and money for some reason. So I've had to go and get it via my doctors, which is kind of what you're supposed to do in London, right, in Westminster. And yeah. the only time I can do it, because I'm so bloody busy, would you believe, is at 20 past four before we play Juventus. Is well, that, that would be good. It means you can come to the bridge, except you're working that day. No, 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 I am going to the game. I'm actually... Oh, you're going the to the only, game? Oh, great. Yeah, great. the only midweek game... Oh, you mean you might then just be a kind of... Ill. You know, zombie. Yeah, well... Yeah. Yeah. No worse than me having a few pints no worse, before the game. No worse than normal, exactly. exactly. So there exactly. we go. So I'll be fine. Uh, right, um, we we will have other fan cars, as I'm promised. Uh, Dean is running late. Uh, Tony's knee-deep in building detritus and has had to take his wife out uh, by way of an apology. And Dan's internet's gone down, so it might be a bit... It, it, we might be significantly outnumbered. But we'll cope, because that's what we do. Uh, now, um... We've also got some Patreon people, so if they'd like to take themselves off mute, I'll mute. I'll go round them one by one, and they can say hello and say who they are. And uh, in no particular order, I've got Matthew, Matthew Young. Hello, Matthew. 
Hi, Chizzy. How you doing? I'm all right, mate. Good to see you again. And I see you got your banner the other day. Thank you for oh, sharing it. fabulous. Yeah, it made it out to the UAE. Good stuff. Where it's midnight currently. Oh, bloody hell, right. It's, it's impossible <laughs> to get the timing right, but we're doing our best. Okay. At least it's not a school night tomorrow. Well, that was my a school thinking. school night tonight, rather. That's, that was exactly <laughs> my thinking when I thought, yeah, let's do it exactly that. Yeah. Uh, we've got Steve Morgan. Lovely Steve Morgan. Hello, Steve. Morning, all. How are we? I'm very well. Good to see you at long last. We've tried to accommodate you because you're down in uh, you're in Australia, right? Yeah, I'm in Melbourne. So yeah, much appreciated for uh, moving it back an hour. It's great. Yeah, I'm, and then and then and then I got an email from Chris. He told me it would be half six in the morning, and I suddenly felt maybe we hadn't moved it enough. But uh, it's an impressive <laughs> effort that you're here at that, that time of the morning. Uh, good to see you, Steve. We've got the lovely Daryl, da- the bastion of Mixler as well, yeah. Daryl. As Good well evening, Chips. E- oh, sorry. Evening, everybody. Evening. You, you well, mate? Yeah, very well. Yeah, good. Working hard, but I'm still in the office now. So. Well, it's good to see you, as always, mate. And uh, somebody that I haven't seen for far too long. In fact, the last time I saw him was when we beat Man United in the FA Cup. I'm sure it was that one. Uh, and uh, I have to say, that this, this young man has... I was listening to the fan cast, I think, pretty much from when we started. So uh, you, you probably deserve, I don't know, a holiday, something. I don't know, mate. A, a medal? I don't know. Victoria Cross? Anyway, Chris Larwood, how are you? G'day, uh, Chidge, uh, Blue Roo, uh, a.k.a. Blue Roo. And yes, it has been a long journey, but uh, well worth the while. And uh, and I don't think I've missed many episodes. You've, you and the uh, podcast crew have been in my head for hundreds of hours so uh, that explains a few things <laughs> well i was going to say in my in my day job i could probably help but it's possibly a bit too late as i caused it but there you go uh great to see you mate as always uh we've also got jorgen hello yep. mate hello guys hello great to see you and where i what... hope it's not one of those sorry where am i calling from yeah Yes, the yes, I'm. Uh, it's the the windy coast of Norway. Lovely. On, on the west coast of Norway, where the fields close are. to Ålesund. Oh right, okay, excellent stuff. Yep, lots of fjords. Yeah, beautiful. I live about uh, two hundred meters from a fjord. Wow. So close by. Lovely. I, did, I filmed there um, uh, about three years ago. I did um, an episode of uh, of um, I can't remember what it was. It's Norseman in English, but it was Vikings something or other. Yes, was, yes, yes. I know it's. It, a, it was gorgeous, Ab- absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, comedy. Yeah, comedy Vikings. It was. It's. It's gorgeous landscape there. I love it actually. And I did a. I did a bizarre thing for Stavanger. I did a, um, a a tourist thing about twenty years ago as well. So. Oh. oh. Strolled strolled around the fjords and spoke to camera about how one must visit Norway and go to Stavanger. So, but. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So actually, just in the last year or so, it's been. Uh... Last year, Tom Cruise was here to film the latest Mission Impossible. Uh, Just about an hour away from here. Great. Excellent stuff. So, uh, uh, and uh, the latest James Bond film. They did that there Just as well? a couple mm-hmm. of hours uh, north of here. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. There so, we go. Jürgen, great to yeah. see you. And uh, I just want to make a remark here that uh, in true Monty Python style, it sounds like Jonathan is pining for the fjords, mate. Very clever. I was actually, yeah, I yes, like it. Indeed. I like the landscape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah lovely. You. There we go. Now we've also but got. You're welcome to visit. Oh, mate, I tell you, we'd love to. I'd love to. I'd never been to Norway, and I know how. I, I know from people who tell me, like you, you know how beautiful it is. It would be 
bloody marvellous. Maybe we have a Chelsea fancast tour to Norway. There's an idea. Yep. I like There's that. There's an idea. I like that. Um, uh, I'm, I have to say, JK, we're, we're in the presence of greatness here. Uh, we need to prostrate ourselves in front of the leader of the uh, the Chelsea Fancast Prem Predictions League. He's oh, now, yes. He's now grinning because he knows it is to him that I refer. Oh, Luke, what is your The secret? legend that is Luke. Oh, please, Luke. I hope. Give me some of your vibes, Luke. Just tell, uh, what do you do? Can just, can, uh, uh, it, it's something secret, isn't it? You've got you've got a pact with the devil or you've something. magic power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah I, I wish I knew the, the secret, but. Nice. Good to see you, mate. Yeah, and you. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised as everyone else that it's lasted this long at the top of that leaderboard, but I'm I'm sure it'll I'm sure I'll slip away at some point. You've been there since <laughs> since the first week, mate. I have. Yeah, that, that's that is phenomenally good. I think I think I can't remember some of the people who were involved in it last year might remember, but Joe Mingola, I think he may have been pretty much leader for the whole the whole season. So. But I could be wrong. But either way, both of you, that's phenomenal. When you, when you can see how absolutely shit JK and I are, you know, it's a, it's a phenomenal thing. I'm just thing. shit, shit. I'm creating. Well, I, I mean, look, I know, you know, I take it quite seriously. So actually that kind of makes me far worse than you are, actually, to be really fair. But anyway, let's, let's move on before I humiliate and embarrass myself and JK even more. But Luke, good to see you. Uh, we, have an, we have an old friend of ours who's back for another q and I think you pretty much made everyone, haven't you, Alex? I think the last one I skipped, not skipped, but I uh, couldn't couldn't get to. But um, most of them so far have, have been able to come to, and they've been great. Good. Well, it's lovely to see you again, and uh, great to be back. You're out in Boston, aren't you, Alex? I'm in Boston, Massachusetts, U.S. of A. Lovely stuff. People's Republic of People's Republic of. That's right. They call it here. That's right, that's right. Um, and uh, last but by no means least, we've got the lovely John Keppel, who I also think is in the States, aren't you, John? Cheers, yes. Yeah, Chids, I am. Uh, not a bit farther south from Alex, uh, outside the D.C. metro area. Um, and uh, cheers all. Good to join. Yeah, good to see you too. So there we go. He's got lots of people. And, uh, of course, we should never, as these people know, because they're often sitting in there with them. They, in fact, they probably a few of them are in there now, I suspect. But we should never, ever forget our Mixler people. Because, uh, as you know, we uh, we tend to... Well, we don't tend to do the Friday preview shows on Mixler. I can't. I think we do. I can't remember now. But uh, we always do the Monday shows. And uh, we have a very good bunch of people in there, too. And uh, they are also welcome to uh, ask questions tonight, by the way. For once, for once, for a special evening, I will bother to look at the uh, Mixler posts assiduously, and I will be putting questions to all of us if uh, you know if you ask them. Some. So there we go. And of course, you know, just for, so you know, when we do do the shows on Mixler, it's easy to find it. Mixler.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast. And as I said, a lot of good people in there posting lots of great things and having a nice chat about themselves and completely ignoring what we say, which is what I kind of like. And uh, as you also know, at Chelsea Fancast on social media for everything else. And you will be amazed to know that the title of the show tonight is the Q&A show. Chelsea Fancast number 851. Jonathan's astonished. I would never have guessed that. I know. I've I've surpassed myself with imagination and creativity tonight, haven't I? Yeah, you could have called it the A&Q, just confusing. I could, I could, but I didn't. Uh, Anyway, after this very small break, we will be back to answer questions and talk about Chelsea, I hope.
righty ho. Um, now, just so just to let you know, um, we've got a we, we've had a few questions in from Discord, which I'll kind of pop in occasionally, in and out of, and we've also got. I'm even more delighted to say uh, a couple of great emails. One of which will involve more singing from Jonathan. Oh my god! Oh okay. my god! One of the songs is brilliant. It's absolutely. I, I mean, you know what a miserable old scrot I am. I never like any of them really. I actually love one of them. I love one of them so much. Did Ken Roy write it? Do you what, John? Did Ken Roy write it? No, it's not Ken Roy. I promise it's not Ken Roy. But uh, anyway, so you know, so I'm in despair that your Tuchel one hasn't taken off. It was well, so good. I know. It, we need some work on that. We need. To, oh, there's a lad. I told you. There's a lad who's trying to get it going. He's he trying to get it going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good anyway, on him. We've got a couple of uh, we've got a couple of uh, emails in, and uh, and that's it. We've got a few shout outs. We've got a competition coming up. If you want to win a bottle of whiskey, I'll tell you more about that later. More football prizes stuff, and uh, I'll use your plugs. But uh, who would who would like to set the ball rolling? Who would like to kick off this match, which is supposed to last ninety minutes, but I suspect we'll go into extra time. Don't all rush at once. Put your hand up. Yes, Matthew's in there quickly. Right, far away, Matthew. Okay, this is one for you especially. I noticed there's a jingle you play. I don't know if that's a very old-fashioned word, a jingle. Um, <clears throat> but it's a snippet of Chelsea fans cheering after a goal and then chanting, Chelsea, Chelsea, like that, right? And I just wondered what it, where it was taken from because it doesn't half remind me of the shed. Very uh, reminiscent. Oh, blimey. You know what, Matthew? That's a really, really good question. Okay. There's a, there is a, a brilliant website called... I can't for the life of me remember what it's called now, but it basically does a lot of, lot of Chelsea songs and chants. Mm-hmm. And you get little snippets. And you get whole songs. And quite often the songs are actually taken from either the pub or the ground. And I think they had, um, they had that Chelsea Chelsea on there. So either I nicked it from them, because you're supposed to pay them the copyright, obviously. So either obviously. either I nicked it from them, or actually I think what I might have done is I think Pete Sampson. Now, Pete was going to be here. It's a shame he's not, actually, because he did ask me if it was going on. Now, you won't know this, but he's he's CISA in, uh, in Discord. Um, Jonathan knows and loves him very well as Chelsea Independent on Twitter. Right now, we've known Pete. I've known Pete for many, many, many years, and he 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 was listening to the fan cast with his with his son, who was about seven at the time, and he's now probably at university. I mean, frighteningly enough, but uh, Pete's quite a character on the Chelsea Chelsea uh, you know kind of community because he, I think he wrote for the Independent, the Chelsea Independent, the thing that Mark Meehan goes on about quite a lot, and then he set up CFC Net as a website and it was pretty much one of the biggest Chelsea websites out there a lot of people wrote for it me included and I don't really know what's happened to it I mean it kind of I don't know it kind of got surpassed I suppose I mean it's a shame Pete's not here because he could answer this better than me but Pete, I remember it fall foul of copyright by anyone I, 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 I don't I don't know I think I think Pete was the I think I think one of the guys I can't remember his name now uh, was very heavily involved with it um he kind of got another job and then pete got another job i think they just ran out of time but it's still around that's that's for sure anyway i think that pete put it up somewhere and it was the best chelsea 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 i've heard and i thought Mm. i'm having that i might even have asked him permission probably not knowing me but i might have done so I, i i think it's either nicked from the chelsea uh you know chant site or from Pete Sampson, one of the two. I think it's probably Pete, as my memory serves. So there you go. 
Chidge, what year did we start doing Amazing Grace, Chelsea? Do you remember? Lord, Lord, no. Anybody I, remember? Uh, Anybody on Early here 70s, I would have thought. I'd have thought it's so. When yeah. God was a boy, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the yeah. other one, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question, too. But there you go. I hope, I hope that answers it, Matthew. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. It's, it, but it's a great, it's a great uh, piece. It gets hairs on the back of my neck. You can tell that's probably the only place I've got hairs. <laughs> but it, but it really does. It puts me right back there. It's amazing. It's definitely, as I said, it's the best one I've heard that you could mm. nick nick from somewhere if you see what I mean. But I kind yeah, of yeah. mixed it in with that. That I can't remember where I got the goal thing from. I think I nicked that from somewhere as well, some sound effects library or something. But that's a pretty good good goal and it just seemed to go so well together so i kind of spliced it together and off we go so there we go right who's who would like to ask a question next there you go john john keppel yeah just following on from what matthew asked um the other song the song that you use from this for the sting it's really catchy is that from the beautiful game or is that another band that you you know that did that well, okay, that's another good question, and it's very pr- appropriate for tonight, and I'll explain why in a second. But um, it's really hard to uh, use any any music that's that's got copyright on it because basically they'll come after you and sue your ass, as you boys over in the states would say. And I don't have much money, so I, it would be rather unfortunate if that happened to me. And I I was a bit creative with the uh, the sting that we use with Jason Cundy. Because I've lifted a, I, I, I better not say who it is, but I have lifted a, a well-known band that I happen to like, but I've only used about seven seconds, which kind of technically means I'll probably get away with it. But obviously, for the intro, you need something a bit longer. And uh, I, I, you know, when I, when I decided we needed a, a better introduction than the one we had previously, which was an awful, god-awful, cheesy football fancast load of what rubbish. Um, I, I just got to know Loza and Pablo was in the band as well. Yeah, it is the beautiful game, by the way, John. And uh, and I said, look, boys, you know, we get on really well. You've been on the show loads of times. Can I can I use a bit of your music for the intro? And they said, oh, mate, yeah, yeah, we'd be honoured. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I said, all right, well, I'll sift through. And I and I found I found that kind of intro uh, to a song called "Getting By But Only Just." which I also decided was very appropriate for us because I've always felt that that's kind of what we do every Monday, really. And I lifted that, and it works really, really well. So, And uh, and I, I like it so much, I see no reason to change. It seems to be kind of unique to us. There's a nice link because we know the beautiful game really well. What, I mean, Pablo used to be a real regular regular on the, uh, on the fan cast, and he's still in the band. And as I was saying, today they've uh, released a new EP, and they're also doing a gig uh, kind of tonight, actually, which is a shame because obviously I can't be there. Uh, but they've definitely released a new EP and I put a tweet out about it on Chelsea Fancast earlier on. So there we go. Does that answer your question, John? Yeah, big thumbs up. Right. Who would like to ask? And uh, Matthew's in again. You're going to have to be quick, boys. Matthew's on fire so, tonight. I, I just, it, there's not a question. I just wanted to follow on from, from what John just asked. Because when I started listening to the podcast in about March this year, I was really taken with the music and at first it reminded me of Chelsea Dagger and then I concluded it reminded me more of uh, No One Knows by Queens of the Stone Age. So I shazammed it to see who it was and then downloaded it. What a banging song it is. I mean, the whole thing. It's a great, great track, really. If you haven't heard the whole track, download it on whatever you use to download stuff and listen to it. It's really awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's re- it's one of their really really early early bits, and I mean, when they started the band, they were, I mean, Loza's massively into, uh, you know, uh, Oasis, basically Stone Roses, all these kind of bands, the Jam. So, 
he was heavily influenced by a lot of that. They've changed a lot actually over the years, but they're a mm. cracking band. And, and as Jonathan will know, I mean, he's he's met them all when they've been on the show. They're a really good bunch of people. We were the support act for them. Do you remember? Fuck, of course you were, weren't you? I couldn't go. I couldn't go to that gig. Tell me more about that. Um, it was in a pub. Um, not many people watched us. They all stood in the back, waited for Beautiful Game to come on and then ran to the front of the stage and... Uh, boogied but um no it was you know it was it was uh it was a very good evening there were lots of people there and um i don't think my uh my comedy songs went down quite as well as the rock act that uh, beautiful game are so you know i quite understood my trying to get the audience to sing along to the surfing song you know when i'm pretending to be a shark you know it's not really not really the uh, the best environment for um for the uh for the kids' songs, you know, but it was okay. It was very nice of them to have me have me on, you know. Did you get Did you get canned off? No. Uh, funny enough, no, no, I all hooked off. No, there was some woman in the front. You didn't get pulled yeah. off either. And funny, I was looking, waiting for that one actually. Yeah, no, we didn't. Uh. Ah. <laughs> all right, so there you go. Now catch up, people. Come on, this is the Chelsea fan cast. You've got to have a knob gag in there. It's only, I mean, we've only been going twenty minutes. It's remiss of me. Right, uh, who would like to ask the next question? Chris. Unmuted now. Well done. Uh, now, my question is, uh, I'm not sure if others have the same feeling, but uh, occasionally a player will uh, do something so unforgivable that you can never forget it or forgive it. And my one is Ida Goodjohnson missing the tap-in against Liverpool away at Liverpool. I think it might have been the ghost goal game in the Champions League semi-final. And he missed a tap-in in the 89th minute. And I... Every time I see him or think of him or hear his name, that's the first thing that comes to mind. So does anyone else have same sort of, uh, this is just, that's all I think about when Idega Johnson comes up. Peter Kenyon was so annoyed and upset by that, that he, that he got him out of the club because he didn't think he was God, good. I loved him though. He was great. That was the consequence of missing that goal. He, 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 that's what I heard. Um, because it was such a dreadful miss and it was in the last minute, wasn't it? And uh, I, in fact, I have an image of it at this moment in my head of him um, skewing it past the uh, the, uh, the left-hand post when it was it's easier just, to score. So I'm actually with you there. It actually has, it's completely altered my conception of him as a player. And you can have that because he was a terrific player and a great servant to the club and scored some fabulous goals. But that really was such an appallingly seminal moment for the club in trying to get to the Champions League final. I agree completely. I think there are. It's difficult, isn't it? Because you you think about it. No, he was a great player, and players all miss goals. But this really was an absolutely phenomenal miss, wasn't it? I mean, in the back. You know, f yeah. funnily enough, uh, John Terry. Well, probably we don't even speak about it. But there was a specific um, penalty miss, which uh, will never be. But true, that's different. On, isn't it? It's different. It's a good on, point, actually. Yeah, I'm completely yeah. okay with that. No yeah. problem. Uh, sort of, it doesn't detract from his legacy. I suppose part of it all. is because he slipped as well. It's because he slipped. You know, you sort of forgave that aspect of it. The fact that that Good Johnson arrived at the end of the edge of the penalty area and sort of drilled it wide. You just think, ah, no, that's not what you're supposed to do. Oh my God, it's we've got that the ghost his, goal anyway. Yeah, 
that was his purpose and that was his job to score goals and that's it couldn't be easier but uh, is any of the other people on board tonight got a similar sort of story about another player which they just can't get over or Chris, can't get past? About Chris Sutton for being Chris Sutton for a season. <laughs> well, yeah, I think I think that's. I mean, God, there are so many, aren't there? I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I, I, Oscar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good shout. I mean, my own personal one. I mean, I, I don't bear a grudge actually. I mean, you might be surprised to hear that, but I, I really don't when it comes to players. Um, but Salomon bloody Kalu. Oh, no. I, I was right behind the goal in the uh, 2009, I think, uh, FA Cup final. I mean, I was literally in the lower tier behind the goal. So I had an absolutely unbelievable view of Salomon Kalu managing to put it over the bar from literally a yard out. I mean, it was impos- it was almost impossible to do what he managed to do. And he was actually very good at doing that. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, Kalu springs to mind, but there are so many. Who's got a few others while we're here? Matt? Yeah, Andy Townsend leaving. Just unforgivable. He was brilliant when he played for us. And then when he left, he just ruined the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a good one. That's but he was going one. to win trophies. That was the worst thing he said. Yeah, I it? know. And, and I think you discussed it a couple of weeks ago, and it just took me right back to when he left. A Gordon Jury as well, actually. You know, left us to go to Rangers and stops at Spurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got grief for that, though, quite rightly so. Oh, yeah. Daryl, you had your hand up, mate. Uh, no, it was for another question, okay. not for to that, follow on. Well, that's all right. Let, let's, go, let's go with your question. It's a little bit selfish because it's for JK, but I was just wondering, um, are your... Are these further instalments of your father's memoir slated for release, or are they just a work oh, in progress? Oh, that's very nice of you to ask. Thanks so much. For everybody else, I've written um, uh, three uh, volumes of my father's book. My father was a well-known English actor from 1945 to 82. And there it is. Tidge is showing it. Hey, look, Tidge has got it. And um, There he is. And, oh, mate, thank you so much. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And um, are you enjoying it? Any chance you're having a read of it? Yeah. Yeah, very much. Yeah, your um, your father's very witty. Oh, thank you, thank you. He was, I said on, on Discord the other day, he was a bit of a player back in the day with the women. In fact, there's a story there that at the very beginning, um, uh, not to bore everybody, but in fact, he got somebody pregnant at Skegness, if you've done the Skegness yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. Who were revealed herself as um, be, being my half-sister via the, um, via the internet uh, about three years ago. And uh, and that didn't get a mention in his uh, in his memoirs at all. He hadn't he didn't leave a little note or a picture. Well, there was a picture of the girlfriend, but the association wasn't made. Yeah, but it's um it's uh, um it's yes it's a it's a it, there will the second and the third volumes will be taking place. Yeah, will be happening. And uh, um, fortunately, um, uh, well, dependent on on how many I sell initially. Uh, but I'm doing okay with selling them, so yeah. But I, I'm having to assemble them because I found so many of his memoirs um, uh, in plastic bags. He used to leave everything on little bits of paper and on betting slips, and and uh, so I've added in the diaries and his. I just added it all to the mix and and jokes and stuff in his joke book. So uh, so he, my dad was a big Chelsea fan as well. He introduced me to Chelsea. And that's uh, in fact, well, there was a period. In fact, one of the one of the questions you're asking, Chidge, isn't it about? Um, how did we all end up being Chelsea fans? There's one in and, there, yeah, yeah. And there's one in there, yeah, yeah. 
uh, yeah, but uh, it, I had a flirtation with Wolverhampton Wanderers and he had managed to persuade me because I like the shirts. You know, you like, when you're little, you like coloured shirts, don't you? I like the gold, old gold shirts. And he tried to explain to me that it was in the Midlands and I would hardly ever go and watch them. And he sort of put me off the fact that I'd have to travel miles to go and see them. But they uh, they weren't, they were also doing quite well, I remember at the time. So, you know, and Chelsea were shit. So it was quite tricky to, uh, to, uh, to make a decision, but I was very little, you know. I like blue, and he took me along enough, and they then they scored a few goals, and I thought, yeah, I think I might support them. But um, yeah, no, it's a it's a decent book, and I've been very fortunate to uh, have the backing of of um, of uh, people who write for the fanzine for the CFC UK, and we did a little uh, little launch of it, um, uh, a mini one mini launch. I did a launch myself, but a mini sale at. Um, uh, at the CFUCK um, stall the other day when a lot of people came by and said hello. It was really very lovely, actually. I was very pleased. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of love for, uh, for the fan cast from people, um, which, is, which is great to see and great to hear. So, but thank you for asking me about that, Daryl. Yeah, it's, it's very you. enjoyable so far. I love it. Thank you so much. It doesn't get worse. Bit. It doesn't get worse. It's a decent, decent read all the way through. Yeah, good. very good. Thank you, thank you very much. Cool. Um, as Jonathan just kind of mentioned, I'm going to actually read uh, Oscar's question. Oscar's one of our Discord and Patreons. And uh, he says, uh, perhaps basic, but something I find interesting. How did you all become a Chelsea fan? And was there a game or moment that made you fall in love with Chelsea and cement your loyalty to the club? And the reason I'm going to ask this is I think we can all answer this one. That would be quite fun. I mean, Jonathan's just, you kind of answered it, haven't you really, JK? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'll go first because my route is rather circuitous I think is the best way to put it because I had didn't have a, a, a dad like JK who I was a Chelsea supporter my dad was a Portsmouth supporter and uh, he, my first game was actually a Portsmouth game and I hated it because they were rubbish and it was violent and I was quite small and dad kind of guiltily thought maybe I shouldn't take the boy to football anymore but for some bizarre reason he ended up getting tickets to the um uh, the, the, the 1976 FA Cup semi-final, which happened to be uh, playing at Stamford Bridge. Um, so, uh, I mean, why he would get tickets, as a Portsmouth fan, why he would get tickets to see Southampton play Crystal Palace, I still haven't worked out. But anyway, cutting a long story short, I found myself in the shed end. And, uh, I mean, I didn't really like Southampton much. But I was absolutely enchanted by the ground. I mean, the walk up from the tube station along Fulham Road... You know, go. I went. Think we went through the Bovel entrance and then down, down up the steps, down the steps to the front of the shed, and the the east stand. I mean, I was about twelve years old at the time, and the east stand was huge. It seemed huge. it looked like it landed from space. It was so incongruous with all the other decaying parts of the stadium. Um, and I kind of fell in love with the ground, really, and and then obviously realised Chelsea played there, and then <clears throat> kind of vicariously watched them on something called the Big Match, uh, which is. Uh, which was a you know like a Sunday afternoon kind of football program, and uh, they were off and on because I think Brian Moore really liked Chelsea, and this was the team of uh, the wonderful Umbro kit uh, in the in the kind of the late seventies, Ray Wilkins, and I kind of fell in love with Ray Wilkins. I just kind of loved him; I thought he was a wonderful player, and and I, but I was a, I was a rubbish football fan. I mean, I just never grew up with the culture of going to football, so it never really occurred to me to go, and I didn't really start going until uh, kind of the mid kind of late 80s when I moved up to London when I went to university and I started going a bit then and that's kind of the reason why I love that you know mid 80s team you know with Kerry and Pat and people like that but I was still rubbish I'd only go occasionally and it was more of an excuse to get drunk I am I am I, out of everybody who's ever been on the fan cast I am undoubtedly without any shadow of a doubt the worst Chelsea fan 
of all of them put together. I mean, I'm rubbish. And uh, if my if my brother-in-law, who was uh, who who I did the started the podcast with, actually Doctor Mart, uh, he married my sister in about '97, I think. And uh, if it hadn't have been for him, I probably I would never have got a season ticket. Because I'd have said, well, why do I want to drive two hours to go and watch a football match? What fucking idiot does that? Of course, I now know people who come down from bloody, you know, Lancashire, you know, and, and I, oh, Scotland, for God's sake, Cammy and uh, David Branch. And I mean, and also all around the world. And it puts me to shame. But uh, Martin made a pack. I made a pack with Martin that when I moved back to London, which I did in 2000, I'd get a season ticket. And that's what we did. So, uh, but yeah, so we all find our way, really. So I'm going to ask you all now. I'm going to go in reverse order this time because we haven't heard from Matt, who's also uh, Mr. Rhode Island Blue. So Matt, how did you how did you find Chelsea? Yeah, mute. I I can I don't know. Maybe I, yeah, you've done it. Well done. Just waiting to connect to the order. I'll come back to you, Matt. Stick your hand up when it's ready, yeah? I'm going to ask Luke. Um, well, I was um, forced into supporting Chelsea, really. From uh, My dad and my granddad were both um, both Chelsea fans, so I, I didn't really have an option in it, which I'm glad for now, obviously. Um, but I would say, so I was born in 90, so um, kind of early 90s. I don't really remember too much. Um, but I would say it was more of a player that made me kind of fall in love with Chelsea. It was um, Gianfranco Zola. Mm. Um, he joined Chelsea just as I was kind of starting to get into football and actually watching it properly. And uh, I think it was about six or seven when he uh, when he joined us. So, um, yeah, my first, um, first game that I went to see at Stamford Bridge was um, Chelsea West Ham. Um, when we beat him four two at the bridge, and um, is that the one with the Mario yeah. Stanich goal? Uh, yeah, he scored two in that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously Zola scored in that game as well. And yeah, just from I, I'd already, I already liked Zola before that, but um, yeah, just from then it just just absolutely made me fall in love with the guy and, and the club really. So yeah, excellent. You you might like what we're doing on Monday. I shall reveal more about that later. Uh, but thanks, Luke. Yeah. Uh, John, how about you? Yeah, so, um, you know, unusually for somebody of my age, and I think uh, Chichu and I are, are relatively contemporaries. Um, you I have did my grow- sympathies, John. <laughs> yeah, aches and pains and, and all those things. Um, so I, I grew up actually playing soccer in, uh, in, as, a, as a young lad um, in, in, in Virginia. And uh, it was always, it's always been my favorite sport. I loved it um, much more than American football was uh, stationed in Germany during uh, the 80s and, you know, was watching uh, VfB Stuttgart and things. Never really got into the English uh, game as much. I, I, but then I started working in the, in the 90s. I was working for late 90s, uh, early 2000s. I was working for a company that was partly owned by BT, by British Telecom, and it was traveling over to the UK and had the most wonderful uh, pub uh, fights between my mates there that I was working with that were all locals, uh, asking them, so who should I follow? And, you know, and I said, I'm not going to follow Man U because it's like watching, it's like following the New York Yankees in American baseball. It's like, you know, at that time it was under Sir Alex and just not worth uh, following a winner all the time. And, and uh, what a, anyway, we won't go there. 
but um, but all of the, the arguments and great, uh, I just would step back and, and listen to the, all the guys argue Spurs, uh, Arsenal. I had one of my one of my good friends, Vince Dooley. He grew up. So I, I was over on a trip. I was up in Marlesham on a, on a trip and Vince rang me up and said, hey, I got uh, tickets to a Chelsea match. Would you like to come down this evening and go? I did everything I could to close out all my, my meetings that day and jump on the train and run down was not a Chelsea fan. I just wanted to go see a match. And uh, he took me and we went in the shed and he was like, okay, listen, you got to be a little cool. It can be a little uh, um, aggro in here. <laughs> and, uh, and I was, and I watched Gianfranco play. I think uh, John Cavialli had just been fired. They were on the uh, interim manager uh, thing and they were played a, a, a fairly meaningless match against St. Gallen, Switzerland, but I got to watch that and, and started following them since then. We didn't have good coverage here in the U.S. Uh, at the time, and so I was trying to check, you know, what I could, but it wasn't really uh, wasn't that much. But then, when a couple of years later, when Roman uh, Roman Abramovich came in and bought the club, and we started doing well, real well, I started telling friends. I said, "Okay, now I can come out of the closet and say I'm a Chelsea supporter." <laughs> but I've been a been a huge fan ever since then, and and uh, my kids are big supporters. Um, I, I I had the fantastic when my, my oldest uh, daughter got married I, I got to set, spend some time sitting down with a young man that was uh, wanting to marry her and I was talking to him about you know what are your plans with my daughter and we checked on a couple of things and I found out he's a Chelsea supporter and I was like okay you're in <laughs> you can marry her brilliant that's a great story John thank you uh, Alex how about you well as a uh... As a young six or seven year old, uh, I arrived in London with my mother who rented a flat literally off the King's Road, uh, Chelsea Manor Street. And um, it just made sense to at least pay attention to the local football club. But um, although I was uh, still kind of young during the, the 70 Cup final, but I wear something, um, you know, amazing it happened so I started paying more attention and started slipping into love with Chelsea just in charge just in time to start enjoying the up and down and the probably what cemented the scar tissue in my heart was when Ray Wilkins got sold to United because talk about I mean in terms of my my span of being a fan he was he was the first one of us that you know he would he would have been the Reese James Mason Mount of his time. And when he was sold, it's like, well, Christ, you, why don't you sell my grandmother? Yeah. You know? I, I, cry, I cried, Alex. Oh, I, I definitely did. Um, but at the same time, at no point did I consider divorce. Um, like you, Chidge, there's something about the old Stamford Bridge. I like the new Stamford Bridge. I mean, I'm, as a... I've never been there, but I've made some mind have been said in terms of actually going to watch a game, it's great. There's nothing in the way, and uh, it sounds like the crowd noise is phenomenal. But um, there was something about that old ground, the quirkiness. I, I admit that the East Stand. I never. I was only ever in the shed actually because I I would um, I had a mate who wasn't a Chelsea fan per se, but he lived in Wimbledon. He'd call up and say. A couple of hours before kickoff, fancy going to the bridge. And I said, absolutely. And we'd go in the shed and get pushed to the front, you know, like all the kids did. And it was amazing, you know, even in the rain. Um, 
it was just one of those grounds that uh you know you just you would always feel it kind of like highbury you know i obviously had no love for, for arsenal but um kind of miss going to grounds like highbury you know it was a proper football ground so to speak but yeah it got under my skin and couldn't get it out and uh, have uh, lived through the ups and downs for a while um the, the full storm that was the nevin dixon era until roman came along and uh and now we're a superpower and i make no no apologies for it <laughs> that is uh there we go i i had no in, i had no idea alex that we had that much in common that's for sure <laughs> oh yeah yeah which is brilliant um, yeah yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm of that era. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, nice one, Alex. Uh, what about you, Jorgen? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I think I've passed twenty years now, so nothing compared to some of you, <laughs> I suppose. But uh, I can't have been born in the eighties. But uh, I think the late nineties was a, a bit of a wave <clears throat> when. Uh, Chelsea gained some following, especially in Norway. Is that Torre Andre and, Flo's um, fault? Of course. Th that's a big part of it, yeah. But I remember just <clears throat> as a teenager and loving football, I just needed to uh, pick a team. And uh, all my mates were either Liverpool or Man United. Yeah. And I, I was quite sure that it couldn't be one of those. And then, uh, of course, uh, Flo just... Uh, Decided it, I think, and uh, possibly a, a bit of the the excitement and the sexy football <laughs> around those time. But as I, I don't have an exact date or time or match or uh, or even year, but um, around those times, ninety seven, ninety eight. I think I think if memory serves, uh, the first three seasons in a row. Uh, I think Chelsea came sixth in the table, as far as I can remember. So uh, I, sometimes, if uh, if I'm accused of, you know, being a what you call it in English, just supporting the winners, Johnny Come Lately, Glory Hunter, yeah, yeah, Glory yeah, Grabber, yeah. yeah, a few of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just uh, I, I mentioned the the, the sixth place uh, several seasons in a row. For my first few years as a fan, yeah, a bit after the FA Cup win and and the Super Cup win and U UEFA Cup was it the Cup Winners Cup Cup Winners Cup then the Super Cup wasn't it Yeah, yeah, yeah. brilliant, Jurgen. That's a, that's I love that. And of course, the Tori Andre flow link is crucial there. I think if you're if you're a Norwegian mm. blue, but uh, what yeah. about the blue roo? Yeah, well, uh, unlike Jorgen, I've got an, a very specific exact date and game when uh, I became a Chelsea supporter. And the, the basis for it, though, came from uh, in Australia, uh, I in the Australian Football League, the team that I follow is Carlton, and they are the Blues. They are a dark navy blue, so it made sense that my English team had to be a blue. And in the first game of the 95-96 season was... Everton away, Chelsea, Everton, and they're the Blues. Both teams play in the blue strip. So my thought thinking was, which well, whoever wins that, that'll be my team. And it was a spectacular nil-all draw. However, 
the star of the show was a new arrival at Chelsea, who, uh, from what I've learned over many years now, uh, people still scratch themselves and think, did he really play for us? And that was Rude Hullett. And uh, so that was the decision. Rude Hullett uh, at Chelsea, uh, that swung me to Chelsea, and it's been that way ever since. And so uh, technology has enabled us to watch virtually every match live, even though they're at ungodly hours for us in Australia now. Uh, with the, the clocks uh, changing and so on. But uh, even back in the very early days, uh, 95, 96, I would be listening into Capital Gold Radio, who broadcast the matches. So I had a, you know, that was to the, uh, the current uh, version of uh, a dodgy internet stream, uh, listening to Capital Gold Radio broadcasting the matches live. So Jonathan Pierce on the commentary, no doubt. <laughs> oh, I, I couldn't tell you who it was, yeah, but it was. Uh, it was yeah, uh, and I became associated with, um, I've discovered the Adelaide Chelsea supporters group. So, you know, it's just over 20, uh, 25 years now uh, since uh, you know, I got on board with the Blues and uh, Carlton haven't won a premiership since and Chelsea have won it all. There we go. You made the right choice, mate. Uh, obviously. Uh, Daryl, what about you, my friend? Um, nothing special, spectacular. and. Um... I used to work, I still do, work in London a lot. Um, A friend that I worked with was a Chelsea fan. We had a Saturday afternoon off and he just said, you know, let's go to the bridge, basically. And that was 1990. Um, So, yeah, it was a Saturday afternoon. um, And I I think it was Palace. I know it was a derby. I know it was a... London derby, and I know Chelsea won, and I just remember Graham Lasso. And this, when, this is when he played in midfield before he reverted back to the left back, and that's it, really. I mean, I just it was very sporadic support in the nineties because I worked away a lot. Yeah, like me, um, my daughter was born in ninety six, and then in two thousand she went to her first game. She was four years old. And ever, and ever since, that's it. That that's is, it. yeah, I mean, she's with me every game. Brilliant. She's still, lovely. still there. How old is she yeah, now? She, How old is she now? 25. 25. And she still goes yeah. with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, brilliant. she's there every, actually, she's been to more, I've missed two home games this season. She's missed none. <laughs> brilliant. There you go. So, yeah, yeah, she loves it. So, yeah, that was, yeah, pretty much. I just, I don't know. I, I don't know what it was, but I think it was my mate at work. Basically, just kept going on about Chelsea because he'd supported them during the eighties. He was older than me, so I think that was it. And then during the nineties, then we got, you know, Glenn Hoddle when he came in because I live quite near to Swindon. He left Swindon to go to Chelsea. My, my mates who were Chelsea fans were just apoplectic because Swindon were playing good football. Premier, premiership started, they got promoted, he left. And then we got Ruud Hullet, Gianluca, Zola, and it was just the good times, basically. I think, actually, do you know what? Just to extrapolate something out of that, Darrell, I think you you, may, you and a few of the others, actually, have made a really good point because the journey of Chelsea's success and brilliance and the great fun ride it's been didn't start in 2003 when Roman turned up. It started in... 1993 when Hoddle turned up really I think we can safely say that I mean that's that's it's been quite a ride since then I think so that's a good time to really have started following the club I think 
Um, without, without huddle, Roman probably buys Spurs, doesn't he? Well, exactly. Absolutely, Alex. A point, a point we've been making a lot on our 50 Years series. Mm. JK? You're on mute, mate. Sorry about that. You think I'd know, really? Um, the, the theory was that it didn't he fly over over uh, Tottenham, Alex, and um, and thought, oh my God, what is this dreadful area? Where, let's go. But let me go back to. Uh, yeah, let's said, go back to. It's, to it's, wor- it's worse than Siberia, he said. Yeah, I think it's what he thought at yeah. the time. Yeah, I thought that was the story that he actually had flown over all these grounds and just hated the the uh, the environment up there and and thought the streets were too narrow and he really rather liked the slightly larger boulevards and the uh, the better buildings around the bridge. And, um, yeah, never, and he, he went over Fulham and, and didn't, didn't like the size of the ground and the, and the river. But that was a possibility mm. as well. That's what I heard. I think he tried every London ground. I was told that he'd just gone everywhere. Yeah. And uh, uh, and Arsenal, he, he, he quite liked, wasn't going to get in there because they, they already had a, a structure with too many other billionaires involved. So... Uh, um, yeah, I think it was that the, the Chelsea look. Then also, I think it was it was it was the the financial situation was such that he thought, yeah, I can get in here, I can, uh, uh, you know, I'll just They're make desperate an offer. to sell. Indeed, Probably, I think that yeah. was that was well. I was going to phrase it that way. Absolutely, I yeah. think they're in dire straits. Well, I, mean, you know, I think they'll take a deal. You know, I mean, that. Ta- talking of which, I mean, Raymond gets the credit for saving the club in a sense, but actually, it's Trevor Birch who should take the credit. Yeah, yeah. Because what yeah. he did in that last year was remarkable. I mean, he kept us afloat, and then he found us a buyer, which was Raymond. So, yeah. good, a good old Trevor Birch. Anyway, more uh, than a pound. It was well. It, well, I'd like to say it was only a pound, but it wasn't. It was sixty-seven million of them, wasn't it? Well, that's. I think that's what he paid. That's I, he cleared the debt, didn't he? Basically, which was sixty-seven million, I think. And he paid. He paid Bates what he required, didn't he? He required yeah. fifteen million in the deal, even though in reality he had no money at all. Yeah. Because of course he was about to sell everyone. Now, the, the the story was that John Terry had already been up and had a look at the uh, the Anfield um, uh, um, training ground. With a view to signing for them, and, uh, and Good Johnson was off. They were all they were all all off. Okay, right. We're going to have quickly hear from Steve and Matt, and uh, also the other Matt, Matt Kelly, about how they fell in love with Chelsea. And uh, I'm mindful that John's put his hand up. Uh, you're you're good. Okay, because I'm going to got a couple of plugs, and I'm going to have a quick break, and then we're going to carry on with part two. But uh, Steve, how about you, mate? Uh, yeah, well, I really had no interest in the game until I was about probably 10 or 11. And for some reason, I um, decided to follow the Aussie national team in their quest to qualify for France 98 World Cup, which uh, Chris will probably agree with me, ended in tears for us. But uh, be that as it may, I decided to watch the World Cup of uh, 98. And there was some there was some fantastic games in that World Cup. And then... After that, I thought I might be onto a winner here, and I'll uh, I'll start following soccer as as we call it. So, back in those days, down here we only had a one-hour highlight show on a Monday night, uh, which covered all the games. And so I started watching that, and I saw a team called Chelsea. And there's actually uh, a place in Melbourne about half an hour out of the city called Chelsea. So <laughs> I thought that's uh, that's as good a reason as any. So that was really it. And uh, my first season. Following was obviously 98, 99, which uh, I think we're up to in the uh, 50 years series up next, I think. So, yeah, yeah. That's right. I'm really looking forward to that one. But Let's hope it's yeah, another four over. hours. The last one was four hours, wasn't it, to, to, well, to divide it into two. 
there's, there's a good chance, well, A, it's a school night and I have a client at half eight in the morning, so there will be a cut-off point. <laughs> right, good stuff. Which could involve muting me in, I think. Yes, uh, but, yes. But the, the, one in our, the thing in our favour is that it is only me, you and Mark, me in, so... Oh, is it? Okay. So there's right, a chance right. that it might not... And, I, and when we get to three hours, I'll start falling asleep. It was a great everybody. We were doing one of these, and I'd just gone. I've nodded off. We've gone yeah. too long. And uh, so I think you, you wrapped it up with Mark. I think I just yeah. dozed, dozed in with a couple of strange well, remarks. To, to give, I mean, this is a lovely opportunity to kind of reveal some of our show secrets, really, isn't it? And I can reveal to you exclusively that Jonathan does that most shows. But by the time he oh. gets part, part three, part four, if he's had a cup of tea or, or something to eat at half time, then quite often you, you see you see him thinking with his eyes closed. That's how, how we would diplomatically describe it. But, the, but he's a national treasure, so we don't mind. Do I come up with something pertinent after that, or is it just a waste of time? Well, I wake that? you up, and you just, you're just like Roly Barkin. You just carry on going, like where you finished <laughs> off, really. It's quite genius-like, really, but there you go. <laughs> uh, right, uh, I'm going to ask uh, uh, Matt Kelly first, and then uh, finish up with Matt Young. Is your mic working now, Matt? I don't know. It is, perfect. Can you hear me now? We can hear you. You're a bit Norman Collier, oh, but we'll see what we'll see what'll happen. So how did you find right. Chelsea? Yeah, so uh, I've only been a Chelsea fan for about a decade now. Um, the way I started following them was really random and bizarre. Uh, I was in high school with freshman year, and I used to play this game on the computers called penalty fever plus and you'd have to pick a, a club team to play as <laughs> and i recognize some of the names you know like liverpool and manchester united and i didn't want to play as them obviously so for whatever reason i i thought oh chelsea that's a that's a funny name for a team <laughs> so i started playing as uh playing as them and I like the shade of blue, so that worked. And between playing that game in school all the time instead of doing work and um, starting to follow them, like, on the on TV, on NBC, and putting things together, researching them, I just started to, like, follow the club, watch some games, and, and my parents would make fun of me because, you know, watching soccer is not the most popular thing in the States. So they'd be like, why are you watching this? this is, isn't this boring? And I was like, no, this is incredibly entertaining. And so through that and just growing up in high school, I started to learn more about the club and and watched the games and by the time I graduated high school I was a full-fledged Chelsea fan and, and have been following them since so um, I love them just as much as I love some of the the teams I grew up with as far as like American sports like the the Red Sox and the Patriots so um, they're they're the best so that's yeah, brilliant, Matt. Lovely stuff, and uh, and uh, of course you're in Rhode Island because of course you call yourself Rhode Island Blue. Are there many? Are there many Chelsea fans in Rhode Island? Oh, 
Oh, he's gone. We've lost him. We've lost him. We've lost you, Matt. Never mind. At least we, at least we no, discovered I, that he liked Oh, hang on, hang on. We got him back. some of my friends to start watching, but other than that, not so much. I think... Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that there's more than one, so that's hey, impressive. It's, it's raining like incredibly hard here. I don't know if that's affecting... It's atmospheric conditions, Matt. Up, atmospheric conditions, Matt. Just... Yeah, yeah, never mind, record. never mind. Don't worry about it. Right, last and by no means least, the lovely Matt from uh, Dubai. Thank you. I'm used to going last, but my surname is Young. Yes, well, you, you went first first time. I just thought I'd do well, it in no, reverse I, no, I order. You know. I get it, but it's my, my O-levels at school. Um, I watched 110 boys uh, traipse into their uh, German uh, oral exam, <laughs> and then came me, and the same with French. Anyway, <laughs> um, I was about... Four, four and a half. And in my bedroom, I had one of those SO wall charts with all the football club badges on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I said to my dad, Dad, who do we support or who do you support? And he said, Chelsea. Now, to me at the time, that was like, okay, great. I didn't realise he actually had very little interest at all. And he'd sentenced me to a lifetime of disappointment. (laughs) Um, But by the by... um, I didn't really take much interest in it until I was about eight. And in season 78-9, he took me to my first game at Stamford Bridge, which was Chelsea v Aston Villa. Um, And I think it was the day after Kenny Swain was sold to Aston Villa. And and we lost 1-0, obviously, because we only won four games that season, I think. And, And that was really the beginning of the love affair that will never, ever end, ever the most dysfunctional relationship ever. Yeah. I know. Really he, is. He, can, he can answer, where were you when we were shit? Uh, yeah. I was there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was. I was a shed season the, ticket. The scars. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few of us that can do that, John. Um, but, right. uh, what, what a lovely, what a lovely mix of uh, you know stories there. Actually, it just kind of, I have to say, there's some ver- some very good evidence of some very good parenting. You know, forcing your kids to uh, watch Chelsea is good parenting in my book. Okay, we should rewrite Dr. Spock in that kind of guise, I think, Jonathan. When I told you I, I took my 12-year-old for the first time yeah. for the uh, the um, Malmo game, and, but uh, it's only because she's in uh, she's in love with Mason Mount. And, and she the problem was she was watching and she said, is, uh, is that Mason Mount down there? And I said, yes. She said, I thought he played for Manchester, not City or United. I said, no, no, there he is. And I said, listen, I'll shout out to him. Mace, Mace, you no, no, stop it. No, 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 no. I said, no, I said, no I'll get attract his attention. I'll say, Mace, Mason, Georgia wants to speak to you. No, 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 don't stop it. Of course, it's in the middle of the game as if he'd ever pay any attention to me hanging down into the from the from the east stand but um but yeah she but she wants to i'm sure i've told this story before but um she, i've got a she's got a 2005 shirt and she said oh i'll come along again wear the shirt and she said oh no it's then she said no no no, it's very old i said no it doesn't matter it's good it's a championship shirt she said no no i want the new one she said with with that mason mount on the back so i'm gonna get that for her next time i take it to the bridge but to 12 it's taken a very long time very long time to brainwash her but i'm from I think it's helped that she's she's just approaching puberty, and she 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 made a terrible error by saying which one's Phil Foden, unfortunately. But um, you know, I think I'll I'll, I'll make young, I'll mate. make 
She's yeah, young. she'll, she'll, she'll learn. get it right. She'll learn. She'll learn. Yeah. Great stuff. Right. Uh, we are going to go to a bit of a break. But before we do that, um, our, our usual bit of plugs. Uh, the first one, of course, is football prizes. Uh, Darren, Daryl's probably glaring at me now because I don't. I, I still don't know if any of us lot have ever bloody won this, mate. But there you go. Um, but they've kind of. Uh, it's a bit confusing because our partners at football underscore prizes are currently upgrading their site, their website. So while they're kind of pay to enter competitions of pools, where we normally you know plug a shirt, a signed shirt, sign and frame shirt, which you can win by buying a five quid or so ticket. So at the moment, what they're doing is they are running daily free free to enter how about that free to enterprises instead instead at footballprizes.co.uk now for example you could win 100 quid tax free cash or you could win a gaza signed england montage so there's all sorts of other goodies up there and then they'll kind of resume normal service pretty soon no doubt they'll tell me and there'll be another shirt or something similar up for grabs um it's about this time that I normally plug the fanzine, CFC UK. A good point to do it tonight because at some ungodly hour I've got to write my CFC UK fanzine article because, of course, I always leave it to the last minute and the deadline is today, uh, which means it'll probably be coming out for the Leicester away game, I would suspect. So, But if you're not at that, obviously you get it at the home games. You can get it at Fulham Broadway or opposite Fulham Broadway Tube at the uh, CFC UK stall. But, of course, and I mean, this is pertinent for you lot who are not living in the UK. Uh, you can subscribe to it uh, and you uh, pay 16 quid for a whole year's worth of subscription. Individual copies are two quid and you can pay via PayPal and you have to email fanzine at cfcuk.net to sort that all out. And if you're in Europe, it's 35 quid and the rest of the world is 45 quid. But you can get digital subscriptions. So if you don't want the, the real copy, or why would you not want the real copy? But if you don't, you can get it digitally and uh, in a PDF and that will cost you six quid for a whole season and individual issues remain at only a pound. Um, so there we go. So just send your address details and uh, email address or whatever it is, however you want to sort it out, and email it to fanzine at cfcuk.net. We will be back in a minute. Eine Frage. Wie schnell war der Aufschlag? 150 kmh. Wie lang war der Drive? 229 Meter. Wie lange hast du geschlafen? Oh, 7 Stunden 54 Minuten. Letzte Frage. Trainierst du deinen Körper und deinen Geist mit der Achtsamkeit? Ja, genau das mache ich. Wir alle haben Fragen und die neue Apple Watch Series 7 hat die Antworten. Auf dem bisher größten und fortschrittlichsten Display. Die Zukunft der Gesundheit am Handgelenk. Lieferengpässe möglich. Erfordert ein iPhone 6S oder neuer App aus dem App Store. Abo erforderlich. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm, of course, Stanford Chidge, and uh, as ever, I have the delightful Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Lovely to be here. Lovely to see you all. Yeah, and we don't have anybody else from our side because uh, Tony's knee-deep in building rubble uh, and has had to take his wife out to the pub to apologise. Uh, Dan Silver's internet is terminal. Apparently it's a local issue, so poor old Dan. And Dean uh, Dean is literally holding the baby. So uh, 
he held the baby on one of the shows and he did pretty well. Actually. No, the he last the last message I got from Dean was he said, "Sorry, Chidge, had to go and pick up a new phone, and I'm I'm home now, but the baby's being far too loud for me to log in yet." Oh, well, eventually, but he did very well. He, he pacified it very well. He last did. Time. He so, did. So there we go. We may see Dean. Yeah. We may not. But there you go. So just to put up with me and JK. But hey, you know, we are the stars of the show. So I don't think that's a massive problem, is it, JK? I mean, no, I, can, I, I can say that because none of them are here, obviously, and they won't listen. So, you know, they'll never know I said that, will they? No. Well, one hopes, yeah. <laughs> But the real stars of the show tonight, actually, and this is the more pertinent point, the real stars of the show tonight are the fact that we've got loads of our uh, lovely people who, who who keep us going, really. Uh, the, the lovely crowd on Patreon, and they're all in the Discord group, too, or most of them are. And uh, I'm not going to ask them to introduce themselves again because we'll be here all night. But we have the lovely Steve Morgan, Daryl Middleditch, Chris Larwood, Jorgen Grebstadt, John Keppel, Alex Davidson, Matt Kelly, Matthew Young, and Luke Withers. And it's absolutely lovely to see the faces as well as actually hear what they have to say. So there'll be more of that in this. May I say what a fine picture Matthew Young has as well, because he's not on there at the moment. He looks very businesslike. You wouldn't think he was a Chelsea fan, actually, looking at that picture. Yeah, you know Matthew's also our referee. He's our resident. Is, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't you Can remember? we have a discussion about refs? No, well, we did. Don't you remember? We might. We may do later, but let's... let's... Well, you did. I remember. I remember. Yeah, 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 I, remember, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought you would remember. Perhaps he thinks there's any improvement. I got I a said... bit pissy about the referees, and Matthew, Matthew very correctly held me to account, as people should do. I, I, I'm all for that, anyway. Uh, now, I'm just going to have a think here, here actually, because we've got, we've got... Actually, do you know what I might do? We've got a, a couple more... Um, uh discordy type questions but we we have an email and I, I know what i'll do i'll forget to do the emails if i don't keep my wits about me because i've got got no running order tonight so why don't we kick off this part with the two emails jk and the the first one is is borderline insane it's wonderful i love it so uh i'm going to just keep chuntering away while you find it i think it's on page three no pa- yeah page three page two actually <laughs> I have to find how on earth I can get emails on an iPad. It's it's from Charles LaBelle. Oh, my goodness me. Help me. Someone. La, 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 la. Keep talking, everybody. La, 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 la. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't I I do the Discord question first? And that'll give you a chance to go and find that. Yes. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, This is a good one, actually. Um, This is from Jason. Annoying. What I might do is read out what he... He, he was hoping that Tony was going to be on, and he was right that Tony was supposed to be on. Uh, so the first part of the... Oh, well, I'll read the, the second part. He says, question for Tony Glover, if present. Any update on your views since your responses to this tweet last season from our mutual friend Nick? And then, so Grumpy Nick is on Twitter, and he's a decent bloke. And he says, regardless of my feelings about Frank going, if you're going to appoint someone, Tuchel is it. Probably only lasts a couple of years, but they'll be good years. Ticks most of the boxes about playing style, youth progression, proven winner. Caustic, but might not be a bad thing. Uh, Tony's reply to Nick's tweet was, Sarri version 2, no wonder you're happy. Nick, you can be a real prick sometimes, do you know that? Tony, ditto, as can you be. Fucking youth progression, he's Sarri version 2, fucking no mark. He'll last two years max, Silver fucking hates him, good start. Watch him dissolve the youth and watch us revert to the old checkbook policy. <laughs> Pyrrhic success success at the cost of the club's soul. I really wish that Tony was here to answer that. Yes. But sadly... I forgot all about that, Chidge. Wonderful. Yeah, sadly he isn't. Have you, have you found the email yet? I have ah. done indeed. Well, do you want to give it a whirl? I Charles Lebel or Lebel or Lebel? What do you reckon, Chidge? Lebel, I reckon Lebel. Lebel, okay. 
Charles LaBelle. Hi, gentlemen. I used to live in a town called New Haven, Connecticut, USA, where a ton of Chelsea fans would gather for matches and fill the pub with song. We got pretty good at pulling chants on the fly. My favourite still is Ba 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 Demba Ba. Oh, Barbara Ann. Ba 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 Demba Demba Ba. Oh, Bamboo Ba. Oh, Dembro Ba. Oh, Dembro Ba. Ba Ba Ba. I've gone into Ba 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 Ba. I've gone into Ba 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 Dang a Dang Dang Ding a Dong Ding Dong, which isn't the song at all. I do apologise. And I miss this part of the Blue Moon. Absolutely, I shouldn't be saying. Of course, it's Blue Moon. Oh, hell, God, Man City. Very, very fun. Yeah, very careful. I just happen to enjoy. I've always enjoyed a, a, a kind of bass guy singing a cappella um, uh, or, or singing do what. Um, anyway, I miss this part of the match day experience dearly. I have to say, it's not a song that was ever sung on the terraces, but great creativity. My wife and I keep the tradition alive at home. Here are some simple chants for unsung players we've been fond of lately. Um, from Cap for Callan Hudson Adore, to the tune of Happy Birthday, um, which is, is, would this be Stevie Wonder? Or the Callum Hudson Adore? No, no, no. no, no. Altered Images, surely. And, uh, what you oh, Happy Birthday, yeah. Callum Hudson, Callum Hudson Adore. No, it won't be that one. Surely, Chidge, it won't be. It won't be. Callum Hudson. Maybe, maybe it is the Stevie Wonder version then. It scans better. Um, I've got one for Callum, Callum Hudson. Hudson. No, I, I think it's actually the original. Uh, Callum Hudson, a die. Oh. Callum Hudson, a die. Callum Hudson, a die. Callum Hudson, a die. I don't think that's ever going to catch on. Let's be honest, is it really? No. And also, oi, oi, Hudson, a die. That's with us forever. And on well, Andrews Christensen, hey, I like it. It's about time we had a song for him to the tune of Let's Stay Together by Al Green. Uh, um, Andreas Christensen, Andre, because that's um, let's stay together, let's stay together. Um, I can't remember which, but can't see which bit of the song it is. Um, uh, Aaron, uh, Andreas Christensen, Andreas Christensen is all right with me. Now I'd have to go back and uh, um, as that goes, ah, when Bernard So perhaps that's. Andreas Christensen, Andreas Christensen is all right with me. I think that's the bit it's supposed to be. Once again, great creativity, but I don't think that's you know, really going to be sung anywhere. But uh, it's for because he hasn't got a song at all. I think perhaps perhaps somebody should sing it, but nobody will pay any attention to them. Um, Matteo Kovacic and Giorgino to the tune of My Bologna has a first name, the Oscar Mayer song. Blimey, that we're into a world I know nothing about. This is a retrot of the Oscar dos Santos Emo Barba Jr. song we used to sing in New Haven. I don't know if the Bologna advert song is known to the UK, devolving absurdly a la Ten when went to Mo while spelling out the long last name. <laughs> I'll just have a guess. My midfield has a first name, it's Matteo. My midfield has a second name, it's Jorginho. You know quite good but i think the reference is lost on everybody uh edward mondi to the tune of the flintstones mondi edward mondi he's a proper chelsea yes he's as proper chelsea as you can get go on get your shots off but you haven't put one past him yet great that's great we have I a like winner that. we have a winner i like that one i like I that, that one i love that one once again it, it, you know it's too good it's too good for the terraces 
Mountie, Edward Mountie, he's as proper Chelsea as you can get. Go on, get your shots off, but you haven't put one past him yet. Then perhaps you would go, Silver, he stands in front of him. <laughs> um, we've got we've got heaps of these songs, heaps and heaps. I love the show. I'm forever grateful for you fine people, Charlie. Oh, don't be grateful. We love doing it. Um, Charlie, I- I'd love you to send them in because they're great. They're great. It's just that some of them are slightly inaccessible, but I I I don't I I, I love the way that you've um you've you've presented them and created them. I think it's I'm using that word a lot tonight. Um, but brilliant. Be of the Mandy one wins, doesn't it, Chidge? Because it's um it's one that the crowd would know if you actually managed to get it going. I, I that, that one, yeah, yeah that that one's got legs. I think. I mean, when I read this earlier on, I thought, oh hello, that's good. I could see myself singing that one. You know, so uh, I like that a lot. I'd be interested to hear what the boys think. Anybody have any opinion on that? Speak now, forever hold thy peace. Depending on what, Chich, on, on whether we like the Mondi one. Oh, whether you, well, yeah, I th- I'm going to go with the Mendy one because I like that. We could, and the Mendy's a winner. I think yeah. the, the Oscar Mayer, I'm sure John Keppel will agree with me that that should probably not make the light of day, yeah. right, John? <laughs> I think that's probably a bit state specific. I can, I'm sure on YouTube there's probably a link to what the ad is, and you'll probably get five seconds in. And you think, yeah, well, good, good to skip. Okay, well there you go. I think the one problem with the with the Mendy song is they get your shots off because it's a bit too. Um, it's not really something that that's said. Okay, get your shot on. Go, go get you. Not PC. So again, sorry. Not uh, politically correct. No, 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 nothing. It's no, American. It's, it's American like, English, it, not English. It's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's American English. It's not a get your. We don't. Uh, people just don't say get your shots off. It's have a go at goal. So know, have a shot. We'd have, have a shot. We'd have to translate <laughs> it into English, John. That's what yeah. you're saying. And then yeah. then it might work. But a bit like the one we had last week. But uh, I still think it's got legs. I think it's uh, it's a good one. That one. Right. We've got another uh, email from this time from Valky or Adam Valchak, if you prefer. Uh, Listen to your great podcast again. I sit in the front row of the East Lower these days and was very close to the Burnley bench. After the Burnley manager made his subs, I watched him and I, I could quite clearly witness him shouting two, two, two when there was a pause in play. I assume this meant that his team should change to a phase two of play as they were only one nil down and could take some risks. He's a canny manager who knows his team's strengths and weaknesses. Plus, he looks like an extra from Game of Thrones. Keep up the hard work from the Chelsea badge collector. Best wishes, Valky. I totally agree with that. It's much, much, pretty much what we were saying on the show on Monday. Uh, I, I, the only thing, I'm, I wonder if he was in fact saying two, 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 because as I mean, in, in some ways, he is the. You know, he is the the heir to Mike Bassett. So I, I kind of, in, in my fantasy, hope he was saying four, four, fucking two. You know, that would be preferable. But uh, I think actually... That would mean, Chidge, there are only six players, though. That's the trouble. He was going two, 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 wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. I know. But uh, I, I think Valky's probably right, if the truth were to be told. So there you go. So um, I'm going to do one more question, then we're going to open it up to all the people who are, who have joined us tonight. Uh, we're going to go uh, back to Jason, who I rudely interrupted uh, to uh, to read his slander of Tony, which was well worth doing. Uh, the other question he asked was, uh, which is the more worrying prospect, losing Rudiger on a free or Newcastle poaching key academy staff like Neil Barth, JK? That's a really good point, actually. It depends what contracts they've got. It depends whether they think it would be a challenge that 
I think it's how much money they get. The money will be no object, will it, Chidge? So, you know, it's... Um, it, we, I have to say, I don't... I, I, specifically, I don't quite know why, why Neil Bath is being targeted because they could target any academy. Well, is, from, is, he, is, he being, from, is he being targeted? No, but in, they're suggesting that he might be targeted. Whereas there's, I think everybody is fair game around the country. I mean, I'm just slightly bemused that they've they've uh, appointed Ernie Howe as manager. I thought it was going to be a much more high-powered manager than that. But perhaps it's somebody who knows he's available and he knows he knows the uh, he knows the Premier League. But um, I think they've got so much money they could. He's only on a year and a half contract. I think they could afford just to get rid of him at the end of the season if it doesn't work out. If somebody else becomes available, when you're dealing with somebody with this huge amount of money, they they could have what they wanted, but it depends what um, uh, what the role would be, what the money would be, and how loyal they are to working with with Chelsea, and also whether they want to go and live in Newcastle. You know, I think these things are, are pertinent. But um, as regards players, I don't think uh, um, um, I think Rudiger could go. Has got a variety of people interested in him. I think Bayern apparently is supposed to be interested in him, but. Um, in the end, it's going to be entirely down to Rudiger, isn't it? He's, he holds all the cards. The, the problem is, is we won the league. We won the Champions League, I should say. And that makes him an unbelievably attractive uh, figure, footballer. And the, and the club um, are on a hiding to nothing because he can say, well, I contributed to that, that great performance and therefore you should pay me more money. I think the problem the club have is is, is going to, the floodgates will open and other players will start asking. I mean, we don't even know what Christensen's asking for, but he apparently has made very mollifying um, comments, hasn't he, saying there isn't a problem with this. So they'll come to a conclusion. But in, Tuchel has got them, as we know, has got them playing out of their skins. And uh, um, Rudiger was was under Lampard. Was we were hoping he'd be on his bike. You know, we, we've we've all been saying. We were saying, you know, that, well, he's a he's a certainty to be leaving, and um, and yet then Tuchel came in and he became one of the one of the players, one of the the, the best players. I mean, one absolutely essential to the defence at the time, absolutely essential to the winning the winning of the of the trophy. And obviously, um, you then have to make the toss up, don't you, between are you going to try and buy um, another uh, untried person from another division who's not played in the Premier League and is and has not and has played in the Champions League, but has been okay, you know. And I think Saul is an example of that. Who you know, there were clearly great expectations, and they're now debating whether or not to well, whether this is just Twitter, but they're debating whether or not he's going to be with us past January. Um, so uh, it, it's it's you know we're 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 we we have no idea what the what the uh, the state of play is with the the negotiations with Rudiger. But I mean, personally, I would try and keep him as long as possible but you can't give in to somebody if he asks for 400,000 a week I, mean, I, just... I to- totally agree with that and they won't they won't Marina Marina no. Granovskaya has got bigger balls than anybody in that dressing yeah. room and and boardroom and she won't be bullied into that she'll just say I'm not but this is what we're paying if you don't like it go off you go she won't have any problem in doing that I mean, so we've she, we've been looking at some of the alternatives. Haven't well, we? I was going to say I was going to. Well, hang on a minute, because I'm Daryl. Yeah. had his hand up, but then actually, I'm I, sorry, wanted, I, I wanted to to broaden it out a bit because I think it's yeah. it's an interesting issue, Daryl. Um, no, I just I saw the question on Discord about Neil Bath, but I've I've not seen. Is that an actual thing? I mean, the guy's diehard Chelsea. He's been here thirty years. 
is is it an actual is it come from somewhere or is it just sort of a generic poaching of staff it's it's journalists adding two and two and making five daryl as far i don't know i've not seen it myself so i don't no. honestly know but for the reasons you stated he's been there all his life why would he leave i just don't see the point i mean you know they're just looking at it saying okay Who's got the best academy in the world? Oh, that'd be Chelsea. Who's responsible for that? Oh, that'd be Neil Bath. Oh, then obviously Newcastle will just throw loads of money at him and he'll he'll run there. But it's got to be bullshit. No, there's there's more. He's, I think he he's a diehard fan more than anything. You know, yes, he works for the club, been there thirty years, but he's a fan. Why? It. I wouldn't, but you know, who knows? But well, I can't see him going. Even if they came in for him, I don't see him going. I think the Some thing. People- some people have a price, though, don't they, Chid? You never know in these instances. Well, yeah, the, yeah, but the, there's a difference, and I think that's the point I was going to make. You know, nobody is going to go to Newcastle now unless they're looking after their wallet, right? You know, Tell like, did, why, why did Diego Costa go to China? It wasn't for the quality of football and the chance to win trophies. It's because he was going to be paid shitloads more money than he could even dream of, and that's why he went. So, you know, you're only going to go if you're looking after your bank balance. And if you're that kind of a player, then you'll go because there's, there's no footballing reasons right now why you would go to a team that might get relegated this year with a manager like a Howe, who's not exactly got the greatest. I mean, he's not an elite manager, is he? He's not in Tuchel's league, Klopp's league. He hasn't won anything. No, you know, he kept Bournemouth up for five years. whoop de fucking do you know? He's not an elite manager. So why would you think, go there I think for footballing he's in, interim. He's interim for me, too, just as an interim. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's there, isn't he, until till they can get their house in order, I think. Yeah. Right, yeah. So I was going to broaden this out so we can bring the others in because, you know, I was doing a bit of reading on Football London who summarise it quite well today because the reality is that uh, Rude, it's not just Rudiger and Christensen, as, as, as JK was mentioning, but Rudiger, Christensen, Thiago Silva and Cesar Aspilicueta are all at the end of their contract this season, which basically means that... Um, you know, if a deal isn't sorted out before January, then they can start talking to other clubs, which could leave us in a rather vulnerable position. And uh, there's some lots of rumours flying around this week about Attilia Zalai from Fenerbahce, uh, Jules Koundé back in the frame again, Chouameni back in the frame again. And just to throw in a bit of a curveball, uh, there's rumours that Ziyech may be off to Borussia Dortmund. But let's deal with the defence first. And just put your hands up if you want to come in, because what I want to know is what, what do you think about that in terms of, you know, um, if we lose Rudiger, how crucial is that to us to pick up on what JK was saying? If we lose Christensen as well, how crucial is that? And so on and so forth. So I'd just be interested to hear what you think. Alex, put his hand up first. Well, since the emergence of Chalabar, which has been a revelation, um, I... I a bit more comfortable with the idea of Rudiger or Christensen. I don't think Christensen will go. I don't know why. But I, I, if Rudiger coming good after a couple of years not being so fabulous, um, I think we could live with it. Um, especially now that Chelsea seem to be a unit of a team that you know they aren't. They're not just relying on the back four being a wall. I mean, of course, obviously, I hope Silva continues on because he's been a revelation too. But we seem to be, be able to produce some pretty good defenders. I mean, so it wouldn't it'd be a shame to see Rudy go, but it wouldn't be catastrophic loss, I don't think. Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you, Alex. Any, anybody else want to pitch in on that one? Yeah, John. 
Yes, I, I agree with Alex. I mean, I think with uh, the emergence of uh, Trevo and and also, you know, the last time, last two times, I believe that Milan Sar played, he seemed to play pretty well. I mean, the the the, the level of, of play wasn't that extremely challenging, but he seemed to play well. But you touched on something, Alex, that I think is a little concerning, like with Aspie probably at the end of his contract and, Dave, you know, if, if Dave has to depart, which that would be horrible because he's been such a wonderful servant of the club, but but he is getting a little bit long in the tooth. And with Silva, I mean, it would be – Silva's playing out of his – I mean, he's, he's just like every, you've always said, he's world-class, and hopefully we can get every bit out of that. But but what – you know, that that starts leaving a few holes with with the age, right? Um, I, I, I'm in the same mind that Alex, that you're of, that, that uh, I, uh, I wouldn't anticipate Andrews Christensen's to go. I guess I've, I've seen um, Rudiger seems to have maybe a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, I guess, in, in terms of I'm owed more, maybe it seems. So I, I guess in that respect, I think I would see him more likely to, to ask unreasonable demands than maybe Christensen would be wanting to work something out because I think he – you know, he grew up at the club and, and came up through the academy, right? But, but, uh, but anyway. So this interesting aspect of the youth and 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 new players that seem to be doing fairly well, but yet we've got some aging components there, right? I mean, one one thing that's interesting. I'll bring you in a sec, Chris. One thing that's interesting about the possibility that perhaps awaits us is that either well i mean i mean if if rudiger goes it won't be in january would be my presumption what will happen is he'll make a deal to go in the summer um so that means that we could lose rudiger aspilicueta and silva this summer now whatever one thinks about aspi and silva and the fact that they are getting long in the tooth that's a ton of experience to take out of the team you know you've got you've got the cap the guy who's been the captain pretty much since terry left and you've got you know the brazil national captain who's captain pretty much everywhere he's been. They and I mean, and I remember hundreds of shows we were doing at the time saying that what we don't have in this team is leadership. And that's a lot of experience to take out of the team. So, And you can't replace that, really. That's the trouble. Isn't it right, John? Oh, fun. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> um, uh, I was buffering. I my, my, bra- rid- my brain was buffering, I think. <laughs> to get rid of Christensen and, uh, Christensen and Rudiger to leave would be disastrous my fear is for silver who i, I mean, i'm sure you're aware i think is, as as chich and i both agree it's been completely wonderful he's a completely wonderful player it's been joyous watching him it makes you realize how some players are just elite and he is just one of them his 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 defensive ability his positional play and as i always keep going on about his ability to challenge somebody for a header that you just think this is going to be difficult and just hang there and just head it to a chelsea player so he keeps possession beautifully and his huge raking passes he's a wonderful player i think the major problem is going to be his body as how he keeps fit because he's 37 i mean the riggers are playing in the premier league he must be uh, pursuing a wonderful fitness regime that is just so i'm making him unbelievably um um uh, um the op- tense the opposite just he's got a it, it's the it's the pulls and the tears that hit you when you're that age I mean, and it's not the 50s. In the 50s, you could play centre-half until you were 40 and get away with it. But, um, uh, no, it's, he, he is remarkable. He can keep going. He's obviously a, a, apparently a wonderful um, a, a influence in the in the changing room as well. So you've got a leader there, which we never, ever expected. And he's, his, um, his enthusiasm and encouragement for everybody is absolutely fantastic. I mean, personally, I think Rudiger's a bit mad. I think this is, this is one of the problems. I think... Um, 
which we have to deal with is uh, um, uh, it, 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 he's somebody who we've he's a kind of enforcer that we've missed and the very fact that he's back he's a he he's you know we know for example he did he took de bruyne out in the champions league final and i don't know how he did it without getting sent off he's he's always just got something about him that i think is that is he's he's like he's like the the one man you is like you've got an element of chopper harris about him he'll find somebody and make sure that they they don't they don't do it again he'll shut them down you're gonna say they don't get up again they get up and limp i think chidge um but uh for both and christensen to go as well would be but i think christensen is a different um kettle of fish completely i think he's about to sign a contract i think he's got it well he's got something worked out or they'll work something because he he's younger he's uh he's come from the from um uh the academy and uh has got better and better and i'm sure they'll attempt to do that dave at the moment has become a squad player but um uh it has to be gradual they've got to work it out you know i think the the uh the error they made was was and i'll go back to saul again if they do get rid of him is um, I don't quite know why they got him in. Well, perhaps it was a surprise to them that Loftus Cheek and um, and Chalabak uh, and um, uh, um, uh, who's the other midfielder who's been playing well? Um, who's come through? Chich, Cheek. Uh, other than Cheek, well, I think yeah, I think they weren't prepared for the now. fact that Cheek, that Cheek would re- reveal himself as being as being so excellent. As, I mean, and Barkley, of course. You know, I mean, who would have thought the curveball of Barkley playing well, but he's playing in a very advanced position that um, that Frank never played him in. So uh, it kind of makes sense, yeah. and uh, it perhaps means that, that that you know we don't need sell. But perhaps perhaps Tuchel is very good at bringing players through. Well, I th- we, I think... shouldn't, we shouldn't worry so much about these players with great experience. I mean, I, I'm, once again, it's a it's a management thing well, that I, we're I... not. We're not party to change. No, we're not. It? But I, th- I think you're right. You're spot on. I think Tuchel's proved what a what a great manager he is in improving players. And you know, yeah. I mean, it's funny, ironic that we're talking about Rudiger now, who who Lampard tried to get out of the club because he clearly didn't rate him. And there, and I remember, I, I mean, you know, we've got very short memories in football, but I, I remember how shit Rudiger was for a period actually for Chelsea. He couldn't pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he was rubbish for a while. So. You know, whatever Tuchel's done, he's, he's he's sprinkled some gold dust on him. But also, I mean, for God's sake, if he can if he can make a player out of Barkley, fucking hell, he's some manager if he can do that. Now, very quickly, um, Chris first, and then Daryl. All right. Yeah, I was just going to echo what you fellows were saying, uh, and you absolutely need a defensive general who's an organizer, and I think uh, John Terry proved it. Speed of mind and just direct the director of traffic in the back is so essential and that's why an older player still got a role to play there uh, and perhaps you bring in some uh, speedy um, uh, wing backs and so on to support that uh, and you'd need that intimidation factor there's got to be someone that uh, will you know, get a kick in and uh, they'll be you know, worried about footsteps behind them uh, when uh, Rudiger's around the place so I think he's uh, yeah I like him and uh, as Jonathan said uh if there's one thing I'll remember about Rudiger, it's uh, Kevin De Bruyne in the Champions League final. And uh, I think his head's still spinning. So uh, I'm happy with that. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that because uh, our Man City friend who we we have on the preview show, Dave Walker, who's a lovely bloke, is still spitting about what Rudiger did to De Bruyne. Every time I speak to him, he reminds me of it. And in fact, actually, he, he wants to... He, he, well, it's a shame. he couldn't make the last show. I can't remember why he couldn't come on now. Something happened, which is a real shame. But... Uh, 
He actually asked me, he would only come on if he was allowed to use the C word to describe Rudiger. And I said, well, I might allow you to do that. I would have not let him, obviously, but I, I, I told him that. Anyway, um, Daryl. He was, and I'm glad he was, you know. Glad what was? I'm glad on the day that Rudiger left his mark. Otherwise, City might have continued bullying. I mean, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I know. I mean, it was it was crucial, and Chris is right to bring that up, because I think it was, it was gave, match-changing. Yeah, it gave... Definitely, you could tell City were given pause for thought and challenges after that, you know. They were. They definitely backed off a bit. They did. They definitely did. Daryl? Um, just um, on the Christiansen thing, I think he's actually, the contract's done. I think the agents just come back and said, we're not signing for five. It's We want three years because obviously they're after a last big payday, I suppose. He's 25. If he goes to 30, they know he's only going to get a year after that. That's so true. They're trying to, you know, at 28, think, right, I can get a four-year, 32 on a big deal. So I think that's sort of what the age, obviously the agents, you know, whispering in the air, I suppose. It's yeah. um, it's what they do. Yeah, yeah. So, Absolutely. yeah, I think that all the financial bits done, you know, as far as Chelsea were concerned, they thought he was signing. Mm. And then it's just the length of contract, I think, is the problem now. Which is interesting, isn't it? Because... I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because if he was 30, they wouldn't give it to him. But actually, as he's 20... Yeah. How old is he, did you say? He's 20, 25. 25. Yeah, so, you know... So if he signs a five-year, he's 30. I think they'll probably so do obviously that. obviously, after that, after that, it's then they'd only give him a year. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, they want to take it to 28 and say, give me a four-year on double yeah. my money, basically, yeah. I would, I'm assuming. Well, you know? we'll, we'll see. I, I think he'll sign. I really do. I also think we might keep Asby and uh, Silver, actually. I... I I, the, the club love Aspilicueta. They absolutely love him. Because, you know, Chelsea uh, have become a very PR-conscious club in recent times. And uh, they they uh, they like to project the right image. And uh, I think, you know, Cesar Aspilicueta is the, uh, is the consummate professional and a, and a thoroughly decent man. And the club like the fact that they've got a... I mean, you know, not trying to cast aspersions on JT because... He's one of my all-time favourite players ever. Um, but let's he was a bit of a PR disaster at times for the club, you know, and Aspilicueta is the absolute antithesis to that. So they love Dave. And I, I don't, I think they'll, I think they're not going to let him go, put it that way. And he'll, he'll happily sign another year contract, you know, because I think he loves the club too. So I can see, I can see Aspie and I can see Silver both staying. I can see Christensen staying, obviously, but I can see Rudiger going. So there you go. Um, what I'm going to do, there's one more question. Actually, there are two, but they're kind of the same questions from Discord. You've all seen them, so you've been better prepped than we have in a way. But it's a bit of a long one from Grizz. But uh, hey-ho. He says, uh, I love Stamford Bridge. Been there twice when I was younger, but never attended a game because I was living overseas. As we grow bigger and bigger each and every day as a club, I think there's a, ne- a necessity to upgrade our stadium to a higher capacity. There are a lot of different opinions among fans and complexity about acquiring more space around SW6. Personally, I would really love to attend a game or two before and if SW6 is going under any kind of construction. I wonder what you guys think of the stalled redevelopment plan. Would you ever want to leave SW6 for a bigger stadium? Would you rather rent out a place for a couple of seasons for SW6 to upgrade? Thank you for your time and up the Chelsea. And uh, on a very similar theme, um, on a very, very similar theme... Um, who was it who asked the question? Oh, yeah, Gellin Hahn. What is the status with the new stadium? 
Did COVID ruin all the plans or is it going to happen in the near far future? And of course, thank you all for a really good pod. Now, I'm going to ask Jonathan what he thinks about this in a minute, but for my own pound of flesh. Uh, you know, nothing has changed since the club made that statement saying basically investment conditions are unfavourable and therefore they have put the whole project on hold. And in fact, actually, the planning permission has now lapsed. It lapsed back in March. So if they were to do it, they'd have to reapply for planning permission. And it was real ball late to get planning permission for it in the first place for various reasons. Um, but the reality is, I mean, you know, those of us, I'm not presuming that we knew any more than anybody else, but it was always pretty clear to me that Roman was certainly looking to get most of this uh, stadium redevelopment cost financed by outside investors. They were talking to China. I mean, if you remember when Kennedy was rude to the Chinese and quickly got sent to Newcastle, which is the equivalent of being sent to Coventry, if you see what I mean, um, the reason was because he was in danger of jeopardising those investment deals because it embarrassed the club in front of the Chinese from whom they were trying to uh, leverage a lot of money. So Roman always wanted outside investment. To, he wasn't going to front up the cost for this the the fact that he was going to pay half a billion let alone a billion as it ended up projecting to be cost uh, to to cost the club was fantasy he was never going to put his hand in his pocket for that extent it was going to be financed externally so they're right i mean at the time just after brexit uh the 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 investment uh, potential was very very unfavorable so that I, I can actually understand why they said they were putting it on hold will it ever happen do you be really honest? I don't think so. And I don't think so for two reasons. The first reason is even with the, I mean, the original plan, you know, I worked out that it would cost uh, something like uh, 30,000 30, pounds per seat, I think. So 30 to 50,000 pounds per seat. I can't remember. I, might, I could be horribly wrong. So I probably did this on the back of a fact packet in the pub after about six pints of Guinness. But the, re, the, the, the main point is is that you would never get a return on that investment because it wasn't big enough. It was only actually going to increase by 20,000, wasn't it, on the capacity we have now. There would only be 10,000 more of us in there. Yes, okay, they were going to try and sell it to corporates. But then you have to factor in the corporate market's completely gone tits up because of Brexit and now COVID. You've got a massive increase in materials because of Brexit and now COVID. And and I think there's another thing. So basically, I think financially it's a non-starter. It's a non-starter to go and raise a billion quid with any expectation or hope to get that even anywhere near paid off. The other question the other question you have to ask yourself is, do we actually really need it? Do we really need it? Here's the thing, right? The football model at the moment financially is not predicated on people like you and me and everybody else here wandering into a stadium on a Saturday, paying 50 quid to, to, to watch the game, or, or, or 880 for a season ticket. That is not built on that model. 10% of Chelsea's revenue comes from ticket sales. That's it. It's marginal at best. The future of football is is what the recent history of football has been. is It is a game pump primed by TV rights money. I think there was a headline in in something I was reading today saying that there's going to be a one billion pound bonanza for the Premier League club. So they're clearly talking about another rights deal. So all the money from football is coming from people watching the game globally on TV, and I suspect that that's going to be the model going down the line. So in that kind of new world, you don't really need a big stadium because it doesn't mean fuck all financially. What you need is a team that wins shit and is attractive globally so more people watch it and pay for the paper on TV, which makes the rights profitable for the TV companies who can then pay the clubs much more money. So my view is it won't get built. And the final point to ask, answer Grizz's question, 
do I want a new stadium? Well, I thought the new one was fabulous. It looked it looked absolutely brilliant, and I'm sure it would have been really, really lovely and an improvement, but I kind of like this one. Call me an old Luddite, but I like this one. It's my stadium. It's It's very different from the one I first went to, but it's still kind of the same. More importantly, it's in the same place. And for me, it's not just about that you know, footprint at Stamford Bridge. It's the whole area. It's the walk up there. It's the pubs and all of that. And I and I mean, I know for a fact that when they were thinking about building it, they were talking to Wembley and other places to go and put the club for three or four years while they were building it. I mean, we did surveys and surveys and surveys on this for the trust. A, a majority of fans were going to dip out and they and I would say that most of them might not have come back if it was for that length of time. So I'm perfectly happy going to this stadium for as long as I'm, I'm fit and able to do so. So there we go. Uh, JK first, because I know you're champing at the bit, old bean. Well, I have about six points to make. It's a question I can remember any of them put together. Um, um, uh, it's a question of whether it becomes Roman's legacy because the design was completely phenomenal. It would have been the most um, aesthetically attractive stadium possibly in the world um, with these slatted side, I mean, an element of the Allianz in, in Bayern, but these slatted side bits, which were almost um, uh, cathedral-like because they were using the, the aspect of the, of the fact that the, in the badge, there's the, the lion has a, um, a staff, uh, um, an archbishop's crook. Uh, because of the uh, involvement with um, the Archbishop of, uh, I think it's Canterbury originally, um, in in the not club. Not the Archbishop so, uh, of Banterbury. Yeah, no, not Banterbury. Oh, right. That would be that would be the fucking Archbishop of Banterbury, wouldn't it? But it's no, it's, it's not him. Um, so um, uh, and also it was aligned completely brilliantly with the the Brompton Cemetery from above. I mean, there were such care into the aesthetics of this. I was very fortunate to see the architect talking about it because um, I had a period of being the fans forum representative in uh, for for Aussies where I sit but I I asked too many questions and Bruce Buck got annoyed with me so I was um, I did not ask to leave I didn't get re- reappointed the following year but um, uh, such is my lot unfortunately but the other so if it's if he thinks actually I'd like to build this regardless now why I think that will never happen was because of the attempts to get other uh, air other clubs for us to 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 temporarily um, inhabit, like Spurs did with Wembley, and there was a, they actually made. So I was told they they attempted to get uh, the uh, there's a club in Wormwood Scrubs called the Thames Valley Harriers, which is a running club. They've got a huge area where the the, the track is, and it's been there for about a hundred years, I think. Uh, and they, they made an offer to buy that to the, the local council and make it into a ground. They're going to spend 44 million on it, apparently, to make, and it's got all the right right, right um, logistics and, and areas to access to it. And they were going to do that with it and um, uh, and then sell it to Queen's Park Rangers. That was the idea. And Queen's Park Rangers, the guy who runs, I can't remember his name, Fernandez, is it, didn't want to buy because they wanted to move at the time and the council were trying to help them. So that all collapsed. Um, so there isn't really anywhere for them to go. And I think it would actually disrupt the club if the club were the way the club are are, are evolving as a team at the moment to go somewhere else. I think not only from a from the aspect of people supporting them, it would destroy the infrastructure around the ground as well. If people people are so used to going to pubs around there and everything. Um, but so it, it, the whole traditions would change. And I think it might cause us to 
I mean, you, you, you'd love to say, well, it affected Spurs, but anything affects Spurs, so it doesn't make any difference when they went to Wembley. But um, Wembley was, was was supposedly the was going to be the opportunity, but I, I'm, I don't think that they choose that now, and I don't think there's an alternative club. However, the Earl's Court um, area, has the, the, the ground, that the, the ex-exhibition centre, apparently the finance for that has fallen through. So, and that's been demolished, and you just wonder they could then do that without having to have any effect to the team at all, you just carry on playing Stamford Bridge. So they could build that without having any effect on the ground. Because um, I think it would have been three or four years before you you, you finished building um, building his dream. And I'm sure he could then build his dream, Roman, you know, further up the road near to the station. Um, but what has happened with the ground at the moment is they are improving the ground, which makes me follow Chidge's view. They put, um, they're putting in um, safe standing, which I don't quite get what they're doing. All they're doing is putting a rod above the seats. And they have improved the West Stand hospitality area, which they've made into, I think it's now called, not the West Stand, it's called West View. Because you can look, there's a big yawn from Matthew. I'm sorry, I'm going on a bit, mate. But, um, <laughs> and, uh, um, it's mate, it's two so. o'clock in the morning for him. I know it is, I know, but rightly so, rightly so. I will, I'll go on a bit. But they've, they've just for you to know, they've, the West Stand has been the, the, the middle bit of it with the hospitality area has been sort of hollowed out you've now got views of all over fulham and uh, in the background um and uh, and it's they've, they've changed the name it's westview and i think these improvements give me the feeling that nothing is going to happen whatsoever and that they will just carry on improving the ground as chich says the days of there was a period where i remember when arsenal first created their stadium that they were saying, everybody was saying, oh, they're making so much more money than us because, oh, they're getting so many more people to attend. But it has now become entirely television revenue and streaming revenue. And so it isn't relevant. It just, if you can make Stamford Bridge into a decent, in not decent, it already is a, a lovely compact stadium. The problem is you can't build any more in it because of um, all the planning permission. The, 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 the ground itself, it, if you were going to build Roman's dream that it was only going to be 60,000. The reason being is the, the the major bulk of the seats were going to be in the east stand because you could build over the railway. The other side, which would be um, uh, uh, would be where the shed, where where the uh, Matthew Harding is, was going to actually descend down to about 10,000 seats because, like Croke Park in Ireland, it's it's a kind of I think it's um right to light area there are too many people around there where you were at there are already um uh, uh, there's already there are already buildings there that would be affected by the by the uh, the side the height of the stadium so um it becomes less and less attractive to me the whole idea of, of building it in Stamford bridge that's right. enough no, no great answer mate well done now i'm gonna uh, uh, i know matthew's uh, he's up there right i'm gonna go daryl first then matthew then alex Okay, so Dar- so it's only because he had his hand up first, Matthew. If, can you, if you can hang on for five minutes or so, because I know it's late for you, Daryl. Um, I'd just like to say that uh, Jonathan hit the nail on the head with the improvements to the Westview because um, you don't know, but Dean does know that I had a meeting with someone quite high up who is at Chelsea who oh. deals oh. with these things. Ah, it's on a different project for the women's team, but. He did tell me, because I said I was a Chelsea fan, that the improvements have been made to the Westview because of the stadium's not going to happen or not for the foreseeable future. Probably future. So that is sort of why they brought in 
Well, the, the rail seating was more they wanted to be at the forefront of the, of the standing, the safe standing. And then the West View was to improve better food, better drink. Better, well, they said better seats, but I've sat there. They're not, you know. They've <laughs> They're the same ones, aren't they? The same yeah, ones. They, yeah, they put a bit of padding on them. <laughs> That's all they've yes, done. But, yes. um, yeah, so, as and he's, you know, he's in charge of all this stuff. So that is what they've done to try and improve it for for supporters going to the games. Mm, so I can't see anything happening for the next five, ten years, I wouldn't oh, yeah. think. I don't think it'll happen, mate. I really don't. I, th- I think now, I mean, just long, 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 long term, I think actually they're, and ironically, this will probably coincide uh, with when the likes of you, me, JK, or the miserable old gits who've been there for the last 40, 50 years, uh, shuffle off this mortal coil and, and are no longer there to question them and hold them to account and say, we're not, you know, you, we're, we're leaving this stadium. We're not leaving this stadium. We will hang grip, grip onto our seat with our cold, dead hands. When we've, when we've all buggered off, it'll be full of people far more receptive to the idea of, and I think this is what might happen, of them moving out somewhere else, building a stadium somewhere else, leaving Stamford Bridge. That's because that's cheaper. Build a brand new spanking stadium somewhere else, cheap ground. They can build more than 60,000, and I think that's what they will do. But thankfully, I'll be dead, so I won't care. Anyway, Matthew. I may still be alive, Chidge. This is the trouble. Yeah, well, that's because you've, you've got this deal to be cryogenically frozen, haven't you? In fact, I don't even know whether I'm talking to the cryogenically frozen Jonathan Kidd <laughs> half the time. I've got, I've got to deal with, uh, with, with Musk. I've got a rocket that's going to go up, and by the yeah. time it comes back, the world will be um, 30 years, 40 years old. Yeah. There we go. Very surreal. Time travel. You don't get this on any other podcast. Anyway, Matthew. Yeah, a couple of things. So um, with regard to the stadium development, uh, I used to run a firm of chartered surveyors. We did other things as well. Um, But the head of department told me when it was too late for me to get involved, he'd actually been invited to a meeting at Chelsea and he was a Chelsea fan as well. So how they were going to create the space to build the new stadium was they were going to dig down, dig down into, the, into the ground. And then the problem they had was how to remove all of that soil that they dug down. So what we were approached to do was to find sites uh, of where they could put the soil. Unfortunately, I left the business about three months after that happened, so I don't know what happened to they, it. They could have, put course, it, they could not... have dumped it at Craven Cottage. <laughs> I thought they did, actually. <laughs> um, or White Hart Lane. Um <clears throat> Uh, so, yeah, I don't know what happened with that. Uh, but going back to the club moving, I thought the whole point of Chelsea pitch owners was that they couldn't move the club. Yeah, you're right, Matt. You're absolutely right. They can't move it unless there's a vote taken whereby either mm. CPO sell up to the club or the club calls in its 10 million quid loan or there's enough votes there. To, they have an extraordinary vote or an extraordinary motion or whatever you call it to say we we uh, let the club go and build a stadium in Walthamstow or whatever. Uh, right. I mean, while we all sit here now, we say, well, that's never going to happen because none of us would ever vote for that. We defeated it last time, even though they gerrymandered yes. the vote by mysterious people associated with certain senior members of the club buying up lots and lots and lots <laughs> of shares. I'll say no more. I'll, I will say, allegedly, obviously, because I don't want to get sued. Um, but they failed to do the the you know the gerrymandering vote last time. But, hey, who's to say they won't succeed in 10, 15, 20 years' time? As I said, when, you know, the thing is, is that the, there was a hardcore of support for the club who started supporting the club in the 60s and the early 70s who are very wedded to 
the culture and the legacy of supporting the club in the way that a lot of us do. But I don't think you can say that about the younger generation. Not all of them. No, you won't. Not all of them, obviously. But many of them are not like that and they are not wedded to those ideals and that culture. And things may change because what history tells you is that things, whilst they may repeat and stay the same, things also will change. So I think anything is possible in the future. So there you go. Um, I think Alex wanted to come in with a comment, didn't you, mate? Yeah, um, I mean, my personal feeling is I hope they never change things because I think anybody who's known the history of Chelsea knows that that they're in a football and business equilibrium right now like we've never seen before. Um, And and as you commented, the, the revenue is not dependent on putting bums on seats. It's nice, it's great. Um, and I think from a point of view of watching the game, at least when I do on television, Chelsea looks is a perfect size. It's a perfect size ground. It's intimate. Why change that? But, you know, the dollars and cents folks wouldn't care. But I think part of part of the, the, the pandemic, I think, chastened everyone as far as grand plans. I think Arsenal's experience was very educational as well. And Chelsea had been able to garner European success without having to have a mega stadium. So why put yourself to all that bother? Especially as if you're going to be selling shirts and everything else hand over fist and TV rights going through the roof. Having a mega stadium is not not particularly necessary or even wanted. Yeah. So I, I think you and I are in in agreement with that one Alex that's for sure right okay time is pressing on um I, I'm I think we can do another five or ten minutes I'm gonna I am gonna cut it off after two hours largely because that's what we normally do obviously and I am nothing if not a traditionalist uh unless it's the 50 years show for obvious reasons uh, but also I've got to get up stupid o'clock to do really weird psychoanalytic stuff tomorrow morning so I, I need to go to bed because I've got to go and edit this afterwards. But I think we can have one more question. And I would love to hear a question from somebody who hasn't had the opportunity to ask one yet. So I'm looking at you, Steve, you, Luke, uh, or uh, or even Jorgen. And actually, Steve put his hand up first. So he gets he wins the prize. If that is, in fact, a prize, Steve, I don't know. You tell me. Well, we'll soon see, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my question is just uh, it's not really Chelsea related, but. I'm, it staggers me that there's still the 3 p.m. blackout rule in uh, in the UK for the for the broadcasting on TV. I, I just think that, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was brought in to encourage people to go to the stadium, was it not? And I think it's probably still serves a purpose in the championship in League One and League Two, but I, I just don't think it it serves a purpose in the Premier League. I mean, all you got to do is look on Chelsea Twitter whenever a, an away game goes on sale. It's sold out in four minutes and people can't log on and there's... Yeah, the, the 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 supply isn't meeting the demand. So I just, what do you think on, uh, of that rule still being in place? Um, frankly, Steve, I think it's an absolute load of bollocks. I mean, I really do. I mean, it's 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 purportedly, as you know, no doubt, to uh, protect uh, clubs outside of the Premier League because the fear is is that if you've got every single Premier League match broadcast, uh, you know, if they were able to broadcast them at three o'clock then nobody would go to other football. Do they know nothing about the culture of supporters? You know, if you support, I don't know, Plymouth Argyle 
why the fuck would you prefer to watch West Ham play Norwich on Sky instead of watching your own team? It's absolutely ludicrous. It's ridiculous. And I think the other thing is, you know, the TV companies are, are doing kittens, as you probably know, because of the, the the plethora of streaming that goes on, illegal streaming, which cuts into... She, you know, really does cut into their revenue. It's a bit like akin to, um, you know, like Amsterdam, where the government uh, have legalised soft drugs, you know, because, uh, you know, they can tax them. When they're, when, they're, when they're illegal and illicit, they're losing revenue. So surely to God they're going to figure this out sooner or later. Because, of course, if they broadcast all of them at three o'clock then uh, they're going to get more revenue i would have thought i mean i know it, well i mean they they film every bloody match anyway that's the, the stupidity of it because we all know that if chelsea's not at the live game you can go and watch it on a stream because sky guess what they're actually filming it so that they can show it later so i think it's absolute ridiculous nonsense and the sooner they chuck it out the better jk I'm sure there's a series of traditional blazers there as well, just saying every game has to be at three o'clock and you've got to keep it to the... It's the Premier League, surely. I know it's the FA that control it, isn't it? Yes. The blackout, yeah. Yes, yes, that's the the trouble. That's a good point. And um, uh, it's it's just... There was a period where the only people who knew what was going on were those in the ground. And you wonder whether they, they aspire to that. They'd like that to be happening again. But uh, um, no, it is absolutely ridiculous, isn't it, Chidge? I agree completely. Yeah, well, the sooner they change it, the better. Now, because I'm all hot, uh, I'm going to give Luke and you're going to a chance to ask a question if they would like, and Matt, of course, Matt Kelly, if they would like to. Um, so we're going to do a bit of overtime because that's how we roll. So if you get, if you gents have a question, you're more than welcome to ask it. Matt first. Hey, so hopefully my microphone will work and internet will work for this game. You sound great. Um, my question is for uh, JK. Uh, you got into acting and voice acting and you've been doing it for 150 years. Yep. <laughs> we oh, lost, you've we lost your sound. Oh, Matt. Matt, we've lost you. Lost your sound. You were doing so well, Matt. Oh, you've now you come back on again. You're muted. Just you're shush, unmuted. Shush, shush, let, let him come through because it might be because we're talking over him. You're on. Hello. This internet is dreadful. It's good. It's good. You're good. Oh, okay. Um, did you become an actor and a voice actor and everything because it was you were influenced by your father, or was it something that you always wanted to do? Um, uh, I was, I was curious about that. Oh, well, thank you. I, I, no, entirely through my dad. And, and and I liked showing off. And I think it was that at school. I don't know. I just thought it would be... And I like creating characters. Luke's gone. Can't bear, bear me talking about myself. But I understand. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, it was, it was... It also... No, but I had a completely wrong view of what acting was. I thought acting was... Oh, and yeah, no, Chris is off as well. So, um, uh, I have to get rid of everybody. <laughs> I had a clearer room in two minutes. Yeah, clearer room. Just talk about myself. <laughs> Thank you for asking us to give that one back. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, um, I've always been able to do accents. And, and I always thought that you created as many characters as possible. And my, because my father was, um, my father was, spoke like me, but but um, 
but was had that accent as well because that was where he was from. He's from Belfast. We also played couches on out with companies. And um and he could do as an impressionist. My dad was an impressionist originally. So I thought that's what acting was. And I didn't realise acting was about pursuing one character. So that's how I ended up doing lots of voice work because I can do lots of voices. But yeah, no, it was it, it was um I don't know, it was kind of inevitable. I did a drama degree. So um but I, I unfortunately, through the degree, I know an enormous amount about theatre and don't apply it. But I'm actually directing something. I'm, I'm directing Christmas Carol on Zoom, which I'm doing. Um, I'm starting rehearsals next week. So I know a lot about staging and setups. And I'm trying to I've written four musicals, none of which has ever been a success. And I've put them on. I've been told to put them behind a, um, a wall now, a firewall and get people who've had who've got 50,000 followers. And the people perhaps will be more interested in uh um in in looking at my plays but um you know it, it's yeah the, the, I'm, I'm sorry this isn't a football answer guys but um yeah, no, um, we, we said but, people but, could ask about anything about anything but thank you yeah um but um uh yeah my dad really influenced me but in a way that I, unfortunately i wish my father my father was ill the latter stage of his career and he he died when i'd like him to have helped me and the whole business was changing as well in a way but there's a long i could I could talk for ages about this. I'll curtail it. But the answer to your question is, um, yes, completely influenced by my father. But I never realised, I'd like him to have been around to have helped me because I never realised what the business was about. I've had to work it out myself. And weird, bizarrely, I'm, I'm sort of now possibly the, the best situation to be able to to make. I'm trying to make a feature. I've got a, an idea for a film, which I'm going to set up. And I've got an idea for, uh, and I'm making a documentary about him and um about my dad which i'm trying to find an angle for so and and i love doing the podcast so there is i've got too much on at the moment unfortunately but uh, um and i've got to i've got to finish it um i've got to finish two and three of my dad's books so um yeah it's it's uh, it's um uh it's it's a it's a nice time but um but bizarrely lockdown was a a great opportunity for me to write the book you know you you the, the positives out of it. I don't think I'd ever have done it without mm. being stuck in a room because I'm asthmatic. So I had to, I had to, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? Hide. <laughs> no, what do you Seclude myself. Um, but yeah, the, the, it was, it was, um, it was a kind of inevitability. I think perhaps I was very arrogant about it and just thought, oh, I'll become an actor. Um, but so, yeah, that was a route here. Yeah. But, but uh, it's subsequently that I've discovered that there are ways of, of making money that aren't, aren't to do with being, specifically in front of a camera by doing um by doing lots of voices and that's been been uh, you know a lucrative environment for me but and and great fun as well so yeah so uh, sorry i went on far too long guys but thank nice. you so much Matt, 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 thank you so much for 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 uh, Mark, mm. uh, for asking me i really appreciate it thank no, you fascinating jk thank you uh, thank you very much jk no no um, you know, bore, bore you rigid another time. You can you can phone me. Yeah, I love to record it all. Thank you. Loved it. All right, uh, Jorgen, do you want to ask a question? Uh, yeah, if I could, uh, or if, if I may, more a kind of a <clears throat> tiny anecdote than a question, and then uh, free to comment. I'm all for that. I, I thought, <laughs> I thought I'd sense uh, <clears throat> not many of you, I guess, uh, I, I think, read uh, Norwegian media. <clears throat> too much. Uh, not too long ago, I, I read a story there. Um, it, it was an interview <clears throat> uh, um, by a journalist, and he interviewed a certain Norwegian referee. I wonder who Overbro. that could be. 
<laughs> yes, of course. After he retired, and then uh, of course, uh, still, um, after being a FIFA referee for uh, I don't know how many years, 10, 15, and uh, one of the best referees in Norway, considered to be for many, many years, he still gets asked about that match, even by Norwegian media. Deservedly uh, so. Uh, Parts of me felt a bit sorry for him, but uh, also the, the bigger part of me will never forgive. Mm. But uh, <clears throat> at least he, he did. Uh, I think he and, and referees are not strictly not allowed to speak about certain matches and decisions, as far as I understand. So, so he can't really come out and uh, and just say 100% honestly what he thinks and and specific decisions but uh well i've never heard of them why is that are they are they sworn to secrecy or something is that uh i'm just guessing I, i'm i'm not sure ex exactly but um he did go uh, go as far as saying uh when he was asked about well you kind of i'm, I'm paraphrasing but um, you must surely that match and all the decisions and and so and so and uh, yeah he said something along the lines of uh I think <clears throat> I agree with most people who who saw the game and and knows anything about football. <laughs> so it, it was he, he had regrets, no question. He kind of admitted it, basically, Jorgen. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. He admitted uh, a few huge mistakes, yeah. Yeah. and uh, rightly so. And it would be strange and possibly stupid of him not to. <laughs> yeah, it was the worst refereeing display. I have ever seen. And I remember at the time, I, yeah. I mean, I sit right up at the back of the Matthew Harding upper. But, I mean, thank God I do. Because if I'd have been in the lowest stand, I would have run on the pitch and nutted him. I was so... I don't think I've ever been more angry at a football match and ever been so gutted. It was just beyond belief. Yeah. It really I've was. always felt how dreadfully unfair it was for Drogba, who just voiced what we all thought yeah. and then was yeah, banned yeah. For, for seven games or something yeah. ridiculous for the next season. Because it was... It was... I'm, I'm still convinced that he got a backhander. I'm convinced that FIFA gave him a directive to do that. I can't believe that you, as a qualified referee, you would ever end up uh, making those decisions. But also, what about his linesmen? They seem to have got off scot-free with this. They should have been flagging immediately to say, well, it's, it's, a, it's obviously a penalty. So he was obviously overruling them as well. So they were all in on it. There were three people in on it. Don't, don't just... Not just him. And what about the fourth official? Yeah, I, know. In, you know, I have no idea. Yeah, but no, I, no, I you and me, but none, of, the... none of us do. But nonetheless, the madness. I mean, just the the cheating madness of that. I mean, now, wow. Well, don't oh, wind God. him up anymore. We're we're nearly oh, the, we're nearly at the end. He's woken up, up again. But, I'll uh, keep an eye out if if an autobiography comes out. Yeah, do that. Do you but, know what? The... Tell all. The funny thing is, Jürgen, I I've, I actually read an article not that long ago that of that interview funnily enough so i was aware of that but uh, i think we can all agree with drogba it was a fucking disgrace uh luke the last question before to you if you wish i'm okay i was going to ask um earlier about about the stadium but that's already been covered so i'll uh so luke, you now have longer. to tell us what you do to to win all the uh, the predictions <laughs> come on well funnily enough i so I started off just just kind of guessing it and literally taking about five minutes. And um, I tried it for a couple of weeks. I tried to really look into it and 
look at all the previous scores for all the teams and and all that kind of stuff. And they were probably my worst scoring week. So I just I but, just went back to taking five Luke, minutes, minute, two, Luke, or two minutes even. That's exactly what I do, Luke. Look, and I'm bottom. Yeah, I, I do tend to pick a lot of two ones. I think. No, I think. But funny enough, I think I've been doing two. Um, because uh, Marco let on, didn't he, that he did well because he didn't do long things. He'd be punished for. He didn't say four nil. He'd say yeah, two nil yeah, and two one. So I think I'm going to reappraise. And I did have to do. I did very well one week when I put everything as one one and two one. I must admit. So uh, yeah, I was going to say I've got quite a few um, one ones correct. I think actually some That's of the spot ones, which obviously right. get you. Good. Thanks. For, thanks for the advice. Thank you. <laughs> well, ha- having said that, having said that, Pat yeah. Nevin chooses two one every week for every game, and he's about as shit as I am. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, probably because he chooses two one for every game. But that's Pretty what shit. I'm saying. You know, I keep winding Kerry up about it. You know, Kerry's steaming that he's not doing very well, and I say, well, look, come on, Kerry, you're still doing better than Pat and uh, Pat and Canners. And he said, well, I know, but he said, if I if I have to resort to that as any kind of saving grace and I'm you know and, and then uh, and I, I keep telling him that Pat's doing his 2-1 two, two, he said he must know something we don't I said no mate he's worse than me and you you know he's like, oh well anyway so it's, I love the fact that people take it seriously but um, Luke did you want to ask a question other than that are, are we kind of no, hijacked no, it fine, yeah? I'll right. let you get off yeah <laughs> that's alright mate don't worry about that we don't mind we don't do this very often so I don't mind spending the time so if you're sure yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Okay, good. Well, in that case, I will close proceedings for tonight. But uh, there's a something I needed to tell you before we go. Actually, funny enough, it relates to the the pre, uh, the Prem Predictions League because uh, our mate Javier Chacon won the October Manager of the Month. Uh, not just for uh, the Fancast League. This is this is all of the leagues, uh, which is some achievement. Um, so he got the most points of anybody, all seventeen hundred or so people that are in it. Uh, and there's 75 in our league, so he did very, very well. And as a result of that, he won a bottle of 12-year-old Glenfiddich whiskey, which is rather nice, actually. Uh, but sadly, it can't be shipped overseas, and Javier's in Texas. Uh, so he's kindly agreed with uh, uh, Kiro, who runs the whole thing, to put it back in the pot, and uh, he suggested that we give it up as a prize. So uh, if you want to win the bottle of whiskey, uh, you need to answer this question correctly. How many goal scorers have there been in the Premier League for Chelsea this season, and who are they? So there you go. Now send your answer. No, don't nobody answer it now. So whatever you do, keep stum. But uh, send your answer to ChelseaFanCast at gmail.com along with your address. And I'm afraid you must be a UK resident to enter because we cannot ship it overseas. And uh, we will pick the winner out on next Friday's show. So there we go. So Daryl. And Luke and me and JK can't enter, but Daryl and Luke can. So the rest of you, I'm very sorry. What can I say? But uh, well done, Javier, for uh, you know. I'd love. I, I'm, I'm quite tempted to. It'd be lovely if Matt Matt Young could win, and we'd have to send it to Dubai. That would cause quite a stir, wouldn't it? What the, the Muslim country yeah. Dubai, where they don't have alcohol? Exactly. We will get done for passing on illegal substances. Listen, Matt, are you a, are you, probably, a, you a member of Carefree in the UAE by any chance? Uh, no, I don't think I am. Oh, actually. you need to be. You need to be. They've got a brilliant Chelsea supporters group there, and the lovely Diana Crabtree, amongst many others. Oh no, sorry, that that's that I am a member of. I'm not. Wasn't aware it was called Carefree in the UAE. Well, that's well, maybe what I call it. But uh, <laughs> right, great yes, bunch I of am. people. We're, we're, 
<clears throat> yes, we're at Magetigan's in Souk Madinat every time Chelsea play. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly in the league, the Champions League games are a little bit late for a lot of us, yeah. but we're there every Saturday, Sunday or Monday, whenever yeah. it is. When you see them, particularly Diane and uh, Yusuf, if you see him as well, do so mm-hmm. and send my love and give him a big hug from me because uh, they're great people. Okay. I've been out there a few times and seen them and stuff, so <clears throat> they're good yes. people. All right. Okay. Excellent. Enough waffle from me. Uh, right, that's about all we've got time for this week. Uh, JK and myself, and Tony, I believe, uh, if he's not knee-deep in rubble and having to appease his wife, we'll be back next Friday for our preview show looking ahead to the Leicester match. Uh, but before that, uh, we will be recording our next instalment of our 50 Years of Chelsea series on Monday evening. And JK, Mark, me and myself will be looking back at the 1998-99 season. So that should be fun. Uh, now, the Chelsea Fancast and Dean's Went to Mo King's Meadow are, of course, available as a podcast on ChelseaFancast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud and Spotify, as well as other podcast distributors. And uh, I should mention Patreon, really, because in a sense, this is all in aid of our, uh, you know, lovely Patreons who have all turned up tonight and they've been brilliant. Uh, and uh, we don't give you many benefits, so we like to think that maybe this is one. So I kind of hope that that uh, serves the purpose. But uh, it does. It really is. It's lovely that you do. I mean, as I said, I can't. I can't really thank you enough. And if this is one way of doing it, that's a very small uh, token, I think, from from my point of view. But uh, we really do appreciate what you do for us, supporting the show like you do, not just by bunging us a few quid every month, but the way that you uh, engage with us, whether it be on Twitter or Facebook or Discord, of course, and Patreon itself. It's absolutely lovely. You know, I do think that. Uh, I mean, if we've done anything in thirteen or whatever it is, fourteen years. It's that we've built a lovely little community of like-minded people who are all really good people, and I think doing things like this absolutely proves it. So, uh, thank you for uh, for you know, I mean, bloody hell, Matt, it's gone two in the morning and he's still here. So, and I mean, I know the Aussies were up at half six to join in, so that tells me a lot about you lot. So, thank you. Give yourselves a round of applause, which I won't hear because you're all on mute. I'll do it for you. There you go. Brilliant. Well done, you lot. Um, if you want to uh, become a patron, it's very, very easy. There's no pressure. I mean, there really is no pressure. I mean, I, I, mean, I love you just as much if you don't. Uh, but if you want to bung a few quid our way, it's easy to join. Patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Of course, if you do, uh, I will send you a uh, mini Kerry Dixon banner, won't I, Matt? Because I know you got yours. Yeah, he's nodding away. And, uh, and so you'll get one of those. And you also become a member of our Discord group if you ask me for the link. And... That is great fun. I mean, uh, most of us here tonight, are, 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 you know, are in the Discord group, and we have. There we go. Uh, Matt's showing us his Kerry Dixon banner as well, and Jorgen. Look at this. It's, it's almost as if they planned this and choreographed it beforehand. <laughs> I'm impressed. Very, very good. Uh, but there you go. I mean, Daryl's in the uh, Discord group a lot, as is Jorgen, as is Matt, as is Luke, and uh, and it's great fun. And I, I have a giggle going in. There. I can't get on there as much as I'd like to because I'm. I tell you, I'm so fucking busy in the week, but. Uh, it's lovely when I do get in there, particularly during the uh, other league matches when, the, when we're all fighting for points in the Prem Predictions League. It's quite hilarious what goes on. Usually my meltdown's about getting it wrong, right, Daryl, as I recall, but there you go. So, um, yeah, so that's what happens if you join Patreon, apart from having my everlasting gratitude. Now, uh, emails. If you want to send an email into the show or a message on Patreon or Instagram, of course, or even Twitter, then, uh, but predominantly email, then you need to let me have them by Sunday evenings. And the address, of course, is chelseafancast at gmail.com. Uh, now, you can follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, and of course, it's Chelsea Fancast on everything else, social media wise. So, uh, there we go. Um, I just want to say uh, a thank you to Steve and Daryl and Christopher and Jorgen and Alex and Matt 
and Matthew and Luke and John for being brilliant sports and turning up and uh, and uh, joining us this evening and asking some brilliant questions too and also having a good chat about Chelsea. I I mean I know you take you well you can you can unmute and say you know if you've enjoyed it or not I don't mind but uh, it's been great to see you either way. Been great, great fun. fantastic Chidge. Great. Yeah. Great yeah, evening. Brilliant. Lovely. Yeah, yeah bloody bloody good stuff Chidge. Cheers mate. Well thank great. You all. As I was saying to JK earlier, what, what's also lovely for us is we get to actually see who you are. I mean, I know some of you anyway, but it's lovely to see your faces and hear your voices. So uh, I really do love doing these and uh, I plan to do them as regular. I mean, international break's perfect for it because there's bugger all else going mm. on. So I think a Friday night is a good night to do it because we can get more of you to come along. So uh, I, shall, I shall do another one in the next uh, international break. That's for sure. And I might look to try and get a special guest or two on, you know. If I can get, get Kerry to work Zoom... Then you know, oh. yeah. I mean, oh. he, he he's done it before. <laughs> I know he's done it before, but I'll try and get him to. He'll do it. He'll do it at the drop of a hat. That I do know. So uh, he's, he, we've done. I, I did um, uh, um, what radio station? Love sport, and um, I forgot for a second we were on that. And he was great. I have to say, very down to earth, and um, uh, uh, and speaks excellently about football, as you uh, you would hope, as you would hope. I mean, some of them don't, some footballers don't, but he, he he's terrific. And uh, if we can get him on, it really is a, it's a good experience. And I love the fact he always says, down to the players, down to the players, none of this this management stuff. I think Tuchel would possibly... Uh, um, I'm, I'm interested to hear what he thinks about Tuchel, Chidge, because I haven't spoken to him about, uh, about that, because we've already had chats with him just saying, it's the players, it's the players. So uh, it, if we can get him on, that'd be such a coup, it'd be great. Well, I, I do. I do believe that 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 you can you can actually phone into Zoom. I've now figured out, but uh, I know he, mm-hmm. he's he's done Zoom before. So I'll I'll I'll, I'll talk to him and say, you know, if, it's in March, isn't it? The next international break, so it's a lot of time to prepare him for it. So, uh, but I'll try and do that because that I mean, then then me and Jonathan get an easy ride basically because you'll just all want to talk to Kerry. So it'd be great. Yeah, it's all you want to do. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we'll just nudge him, nudge yeah, him along. That's okay. right brilliant stuff but uh, now you've all been fantastic really appreciate seeing you jonathan as always uh, a delight seeing you great these are fun aren't they i enjoy these yeah great stuff great stuff and uh, you, you've got the opportunity to tell me if i'm rabbiting on too much i say jonathan stop it stop, we stop, love stop. you rabbiting on that's part of your charm mate that's what it's all about uh, and of course finally uh, a massive thank you to the lovely people who've been in mixler tonight as well always lovely to see you boys in there too and girls of course uh, so there we go so we'll be back on monday for the 50 years of chelsea 98 99 and next week and next friday for the preview show so until then keep it blue keep it carefree and keep it chelsea yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah.